Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Actually, before we start, um, I I was going to say hello and greetings and all that stuff. Coach, I just want Boss to hear what it's like, like to be a fly on the wall. Not that she can't, believe me, I know she doesn't care about this, but we have not talked about your fantasy football weekend in our league. Oh. And we just haven't had a chance to catch yeah. up. You were puking after the draft. Like, oh, God, you, you were embarrassing. You got drunk, took off your clothes in front of Will everybody. you stop it? That is not – I got legitimately sick. It was not a hand. He's such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> He's such Rub, a jerk. Took, took, you rubbed your pecker up against, right, right. against other all guys. the guys. Right, right. No, no I got, boss. She's like, what? I got sick as a dog. I was so sick. I and you I still like do legit. not understand what happened. I was sick till Thursday. Like legitimately, I don't feel okay. Walking Biggie down the block and back up was like, and we're done. And it sounded like COVID done. level or like a like Yeah, I a, tested. Um, it wasn't COVID, but I'm telling you, like my legs were like it was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I got really sick and uh yeah, so no, I'm I'm right. you know, I'm better. I'm, I'm but it was it was wild. Yeah, and it was it was absolutely not a hangover. Because I was like, I'm telling till Thursday. I was like, Are you, seriously? And uh, yeah, I just, I just, I want now. Okay, so now we've had we're the NFL weekend, uh, NFL kickoff oh, this past I was Thursday. Even more boss, sick watching that, and then we had. Okay, good. Now I just want boss to hear what it's like coming right out of the horse. Just talk to me like you would normally talk to me. What'd you think? What'd you think this weekend? You, was, everybody, was, teams, I was the disgusted. League. So, okay. So the first, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real about it, like just truly what it's like. So, yeah, you, you go, you, you spent all this, this time, all these hours, and you ask, oh, blah, 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 and youth movement and values and blah blah blah, and who's made changes and all this shit, and everybody's like, we got it all fucking figured out. We are geniuses. And anybody who thinks something, the other thing about the fantasy world is anybody who thinks a different thing is an idiot. Because obviously, this is the only of all the millions of permutations we've all decided this is the only one that's going to happen. And I promise you, after all those months and all that talk, it doesn't take through the first quarter of the first game for you to go, this is all fucking bedlam and nothing makes any goddamn sense. And what have we done with our lives? But it, 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 it's, it's, it's like the changing of the leaves on the tree. So I'll give you an example. Lamar Jackson, who's accepted as like one of the, you know, great quarterbacks in the league, blah, 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 blah. A good quarterback score, what would you say, coach, between at least between like 20 and 25 points and a guy like him, you expect to give you like 25 to 30, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, You're hoping for 35 every week from him. Yeah. And right right can, around there. And it can yeah. absolutely happen. No problem. He scored four points yesterday. And, and wait, and, who, and whose team is he on? Make it make it make sense for Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For on my team. He's, so I draft this guy. So you look at your team and you go, all right, well, at least I've got. I've got X and Y and Z. So come hell or high water, I should at least have this. And if some things break my way, great. It, 
it's the equivalent of buying a Mercedes and having it break down as you pull off the lot. Because like what just happened? And and I I enjoy like, I get so angry I have to find a way to get it out because I I am I joke that I'm throw my chair angry and I can make jokes about that but part of it is because I actually do envision myself throwing that chair and I I honestly was like I would throw a chair at Lamar's head right now like this is why I like they'd be like what what coach what happened what do you mean he's dead and I'd be like I know I'm sorry. But you you need to understand that he scored four points. Like I feel like we're not totally understanding each other right now. Uh, four points, really. So <clears throat> I I understand that feeling. That feeling actually sucks so hard when you're like, "This is it. <laughs> this is it. This is." I am I am so in on this. There's no way it could go wrong. And then of course it immediately goes wrong. Um, right. What I was trying to find actually was. So you talked about the research and, you know, the planning and everything else that went into this that, you know, you have read, you have mm-hmm. checked the statistics, you know, all of that. Um, I last season did a spreadsheet where I was like, well, all of these team names are animals. So we're going to put them into one group. And so the bears and the colts and the the birds, the animals, the mythical nice. creatures, the Teams that used to be jobs, aka the Steelers and the Packers and whatnot. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm like, wait, job, I'm, yeah. where's this going? I'm so excited right what? now. That's yeah, that's all on? that it went to. I was just like, okay, well, I think that this team would win based entirely on the name. I think that the Dolphins would get the shit kicked out of them every single game from now on. Oh, this is great. Because who's this is great? Who's gonna get beat up? A Cardinal? You're gonna get beat up by a Cardinal? How are you gonna get it beat up by a Cardinal? <laughs> To peck your eyes out, boss, like in a video game. You have to be strapped to something, laying down for them to do that. Like, because otherwise you just so great. wave an arm or move. Yeah, you're flapping. Yeah, you'd have to be Promethean. Yes. In order to. Right. Like, this otherwise that's not scary. Really the bangles? Come on. I would fucking own a bangle. I mean, as a pet, literally, I would own a bangle if they would let me. <laughs> I would keep one. So wait, so no, this is fantastic. I want to come back to this because, yes, but I, you just made me think <laughs> of now. This is a, that you talk about digging in the crates. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is, a, this is a, I'm, re- I'm reaching way back on this one. So you, you're both. Have you both seen what's happening? Like that show is old as fuck. Have, uh, yes, the actual show. Have you watched it? Okay. So all right. So there's an episode where you know because. I'm sure it was like the fourth or fifth season. They were like, Jesus fucking Christ, what are we going to do with these kids that we haven't already done? And they just somehow Dwayne ends up picking all these football winners. And he's like, they're like savant now. So like people are like gathering, like it's like building up and like gathering around and, you know, oh my God, how's he doing this? He's such a a genius, right? Like, you know, they're like clearing the chair so he can sit and they're getting, making sure his burgers the way he likes it, all that shit. And so finally, because it's a sitcom, we know what happens. And so they're like, oh, you know, what went wrong? And they were like, so what, you know, what was the system? And he had, it was like, I want to say it was like the distance between this and that and whatever. And then he goes, and then he goes, and then I would just pick the helmet I liked the best. 
Yes. No, that's a valid. That is an extremely valid way of predicting winners. Absolutely. And so, and so when you said that about the animals and like a dolphin, I was like, listen, let me tell you something. For all my spreadsheets, I might as well have just been like, a cardinal can't beat a cardinal, up a bear. A cardinal so can't beat that. up a bear. I, I don't know what a bill is. I think I looked it up one time, and it turns out that it's like <laughs> the first major winning coach was named Bill something. So they named the Buffalo Bills the Buffalo Bills. And I did also, not know that. I think that that's it. I only looked it up that's because it's awesome. so dumb. And also because they know. have the Buffalo as the mascot, but there haven't been Buffalo in New York in like a few yeah, hundred quite, years. So yeah, <laughs> quite some time. I had a similar uh, years ago. I did one um, March Madness bracket one time because they said here are all the names, and you pick which one you think is going to win. And I yeah, thought yeah. Gonzaga sounded funny, and I was like, yeah. So they won, and then they like made it to. I don't know, oh the quarterfinals God. or something. Like, they made it really yeah, far. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. know if I won money, but people were like, oh, shit, Emily knows what she's doing. How'd you like, do that? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. That's so great. I don't. That That is so great. I that is don't so care great. for Florida, and I do like Gonzaga. Valparaiso, also fun to say. So they got in there, too. They got it. So they get, you get, you advance. You advance the weekend, too. I'm not done saying Valparaiso I like, yet. I like Valparaiso. <laughs> Sounds good. It's, I fucking love it. You know what's funny too about that? It, like professional gamblers, like <laughs> the people. Little no, no, no. I swear to God, the people who do this, like that, is their actual job. That is how they eat. They don't break sixty percent on their bets. So, like, actually, in yeah. no no bullshit, your your system is not statistically that far. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Yeah, Sorry. There you go. I was I was gonna oh, say I'm boy. over here celebrating, but lesson. no, that's better. <laughs> but yeah, no, and they like they, you know, so actually, sure, Valparaiso is fun to say. We may all laugh, but at the end of the day, I better a lot of brackets got busted that weekend for people who would watch every weekend, every big Tuesday of the season, and they didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um. Yeah, so anyway, I, I put I put stuff. a lot of stock in this though. We, weirdly, I put a lot. So Juliana has a thing where we go to when we're looking for a new house, or we're, uh, when we moved around uh, when we were a little bit younger. You know, we'd have to rent apartments and things like that, and um, we'd go in. And whether I liked it or not, it became clear that like she was attuned to the energy of a place. Mm. Like if you go to um, uh, Sono- uh, no, uh, what's uh, Sedona? If you go to Sedona, okay. right? And there are vortices. They say vort- magnetic fields, right? And some people can sense them, and some people it like does something for them. So a lot of well, sometimes people get it from the ocean. They say they get some electricity off the sand or some kind of you know like people can feel something from the ocean. Uh, and then you have um, like pieces of granite, like me, who stand in the center of the vortex and like I got nothing. I have no, <laughs> right, right, right. I don't. I do not know what you're referring to. I think you're putting me on. Um, but huh. so we would go to these uh, apartments and things and look for, for houses and she would just like kind of get a, a vibe from the place. Um, and I learned to trust it so much that uh, there was this, we were looking to buy a house years, years ago, uh, moving to Massachusetts from California, looking to buy a house. There was this unbelievable house. It was a deal we could afford. It, it was sort of a 1920. They said it was built by someone who was like a flapper in the 20s. 
and they used to have big parties in it and and it was I mean, you could see it it was like just had this amazing vibe and i was like oh my god i, right, love it. Right, I started right. picturing my kids running around in the house you know that oh kind of yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're and, already and, like moving you're already like deciding like which lamp goes over there yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was yeah, i was there right. yeah, yeah, yeah you know talking to the to the real estate agent and then i uh see juliana on the front porch and I walk out. This is a huge, huge porch, like twenty foot wide porch, elevated. It was the place was unbelievable. And um, I said, "What are you thinking? Like, you like this place, or you know, what do you think?" And she, she's like, closed her eyes, and then opened them and looked at me. She's like, "I sense like teen suicide." And I was like, what? "Okay, thank you very much." I, sh- okay. I like just shook hands with the guy. Like, okay, well. That'll be it for us. Right, like, so right, right, right. before this fantasy football season, I did something I've never done before, which was, Coach, remember I, I we all have keepers. You can keep a player from your team last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went through my keepers list with her, and I said, who do you like? Whatever. Just said the names and just try to get a read on them. And this is the truth. She said, the one player that on my team that you know broke out this week, Coach, she said, he is the key to everything. I don't know. I don't know who that is, but. That's the key. His name is Tua uh, Tungavailoa. She's like, he's the glue. He's he's the key to everything. And then she said, this other guy I had a keeper. She's like, oh, I don't know. I I really worry about him. So I don't think you should pick him. And he got injured in the opening. You, <laughs> oh, oh shit. it was Dobbins. Oh shit! It, no, it was it was it was uh uh on uh. Uh, Steelers, uh, uh, Deontay Johnson. Remember oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did get a, uh, he was yeah, a, which, he was a yeah. keeper. Oh, but my I did, God. yeah, I did. That's have crazy. Dobbins, See, yeah. here's my thing about shit like that. And I, you know, it, it's actually similar for me. It's similar to like certain religious things people talk about. It's similar to when people talk about horoscopes or this or that, whatever, whatever. Just because I can't explain some shit does not mean there's nothing to it. Now, I don't think we should necessarily be like, running the NIH based on, you know, Juliana closing her eyes and going, you know, but like, just because yeah, we can't sure. explain things, does it mean there's nothing to it or it's bullshit? Like, I, that's, that's wild. I mean, you know, you hear some story oh, where it's knows? like, oh it's, yeah, it's, I saw a little girl at the top of the stairs and then you do some history of the house. You know, you, you're constantly hearing stories like that. It's like, oh yeah, there was a little girl who died here when blah, 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 you know, just because I can't explain it, I'm, it does not mean there's nothing to it. So that's that's wild. I, 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 yeah, there's something. There is something. So I have a, I have a favorite uh, favorite inn in New England, and I have a favorite hotel in in Florida of all places. Um, and uh, the inn in New England is where my, I had my first marriage, hmm. and the place in Florida is where I just like fell in love. I went to this place and I just loved. It. I happened to be there driving through, and I was on the street and I was like, "What is that huge, gorgeous hotel?" And um, it turns out, I say that I'm a piece of granite, but it turns out these are the two most haunted places in North America. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which is like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, is it, what, how, what are the odds? Uh, one okay. is in um, Bennington, yeah, yeah, Vermont, not like, and one, not, yeah, and one is like, in yeah. Florida. Like, uh, yeah, uh, like, uh, where is it? St. Pete's Beach, Florida. Like, right. wh- why would you ever, you know what I mean? What are the odds? But, so, yeah. so I, I don't know what it is. But I feel like I'm probably the skeptic on the show, uh, more so than you two, since I'm a cynical asshole and don't believe in anything. I will say <laughs> that I read an article years ago about how uh, sometimes there are things that are outside of our perception that pe- other instruments can prove are, in fact, real. 
So like um, there was a house with a basement. When you went down into the basement, you were overwhelmed with sense of dread and like you would become cold to the touch and immediately want to run away. And it wasn't just one person, like multiple people would go down there. So they were like, oh, right, 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 fucking right, right. basement has to be haunted. Like there's an evil spirit down there that people are trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. It turns out they figure out there's a factory some distance away and that the vibration was low enough that you couldn't hear it. But it was at the same frequency as large predators from back in the caveman days. That's amazing. So there was something biological that humans were picking up on, like a vibration or a frequency Mm -hmm. or something. And you immediately Mm -hmm. responded to, oh, shit, a tiger is about to eat my ass. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And you couldn't explain it because it wasn't actually happening, but it was. So what I will say is, like, I'm not going to say it must be ghosts, but there's probably some shit. We're going to find out something in a little bit that's like... When you look at something right, at this sure. wavelength, it, right. you get I'm, creeped I'm out. I'm 100% with yes. you. Yes. So, like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I tend to be very much with you in general. I tend to be a skeptic about these things. But I also have learned over the years, like, okay, I guess I just exactly what Coach said. I, just because I can't yes. explain it doesn't mean it's not real. And I and I always ask, like, basic things. Why Why does why can you feel when someone's looking at you? Like, how is what is that even? How do you identify that? Come on. Why do, why do all kids feel like there's a monster under the bed? Um, you know, like the little, we, like why is it universal things that we've learned? And I'm guessing it's in the genetic code from being a, a you know prey for 150 million years. Um, you know, I'm guessing that's what it is, so, some version of that. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating, and I think it's something, and I don't think we know what it is, and therefore it lends itself to uh, all sorts of explanations. But um, I was gonna, I was asking when I started this, coach. I just wanted you to get, uh, I wanted people to hear what it's like like oh when you're going it's almost like it's almost like religion like people start Mm -hmm. during the any fantasy season people spend so much time wrapping their emotions into things they cannot control it's 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 almost like if you had a religion but you could pit your god against somebody else's god and then like there'd be results right and then you would think like oh damn ah crap i'm mad for a week now because my god lost that it's similar to that you have no no like uh, influence over the outcome in any way, but yet people will, yeah. will be emotional about the results. I, I forget who sent out the, uh, you know, artist formerly known as a tweet, whatever. Um, and, but they said like, prepare to spend the next four months. Oh no. When you, when something goes wrong with your team today, just know that you're right. And it's totally a reflection of who you are. And I, I, <laughs> I laughed so hard because I'm telling you, Daphne used to know whether or not as I would walk up the stairs, even when we were back, like before we even moved in here, just 20 years ago. So we were back when we were living in Culver City. She could tell from my walk up the stairs whether or not it was a winning Sunday or a losing Sunday. Like she just knew, like it was that. And, and you do, like, I can make jo- again. I can make jokes about it now, but you do take it personally. Actually, uh, Coach and I a while back. You, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but we with another uh, guy from a league friend of ours used to do a fantasy football podcast, and actually got pretty far along. Like I, I was doing like Sunday morning start sit questions for people, and Coach was doing all these articles and all this shit. So anyway, he but. 
I made a jingle like in one of our segments for the uh, one of the segments for the show was introduced by I was depending on him and I hope he dies. Fuck that guy. In like four part harmony. And I took the time to record it. And it really was like, because you have to get back in touch with how insane it is, but you take it personally. You're like, I only needed seven more yards. You fucking asshole. <laughs> this poor guy, his, his actual livelihood is riding on this. But the issue is yeah. not that. The issue is I only needed seven more points. What's wrong with you? I had a player uh, last year who uh, was coming back from injury, and I was just, I just think he's a really good running back. And I drafted him last year, put him on my team, and everybody made fun of me uh, because they're like, he's going to get hurt. And I was like, no, in my mind, like, he'll be fine. He's a really good player. He ran the ball in college, never got hurt in college. It's just a fluky thing. So um, I drafted him. This is last season, drafted him. I probably got two starts out of him. Before he got hurt and was out for the season, everybody said, I told you so, made fun of me. It was great. Um, he had more time to recover this offseason, and I still liked him. And I still thought it was going to be good. And so I drafted him again. And then uh, he was starting for me this this past week in the opening weekend and looked fantastic. Yep. And then yeah. and then just on a fluke little nothing, tore his Achilles tendon and, um, and was out for the season again. And my first thought was, well, I'm not going to fucking draft this guy again. <laughs> and then I caught myself and I said, oh, my God, did yeah. you just hear what? Yeah, yeah. No, did it's, you it's, just it's, hear it's insane. your insensitivity and yeah. this poor man, this yeah. poor man. His who, career might have just ended. Like, it might be done. Legitimately. Yeah, yeah. no, he and might never play athlete. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it. in his fr- he got a touchdown, and in his first touchdown, he kind of jumped into the end zone, jumped over the line, and he looked so happy oh, that for a man. moment I was like, oh, this is so nice that he gets to be back doing what he loves, that he's great at, something he's done his whole life. Right. And now, like, it might be over, um, but but it doesn't change the fact that the first thought that went through my mind was how it affected me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is yeah, horrific. No, it, no it's great. It, but But – I mean, we talked about this in another context. Well, let me say this first about it. It is an. It, it's also though an interesting way. It's almost like um. It's almost like emotional scrimmaging. Because I'm not sure. Like I know that happened yesterday. I knew that happened yesterday, and I actually actively didn't contact coach. Like I was like, he needs a moment. <laughs> That's. Like I, when I saw that the injury, and that, like I even held on to hope. Like I was like, "Well, you know, they they, they say they're going to get the MRI now." Like these guys know, like, they, like they, right away they know. Yeah. But you know, I was like, "Oh, but they're not sure they're getting the MRI." So I was like holding out, like, "Let's let's wait till we get the result." Because I was like, "Coach is going to die. Like he's going to be so devastated." So it was like, but we really have our people, and I also knew there was like another player who Coach loves, who made a really great play yesterday. And I literally wrote in our Slack channel, I know it was a rough day, but I hope you got to see so-and-so's juke on that uh, pattern down the sideline. Because And he, and he wrote back, he's like, yeah, I did see it. That did help. <laughs> I did, it, it's, it's, be- it's beautiful. I couldn't afford this one player. I always have him. He's one of my guys. I love him. His name is DK Metcalf. He is just a 
like in the future when you get to choose your own sleeve boss Mm -hmm. you just just choose dk metcalf over and over again like if i could have one minute in dk metcalf's physique like his frame he is such a specimen it is unbelievable and he did this move that was just like like a guy that big coach should not be able to do a move like that. Like it's, you know, yeah, it's, no, it's un- yeah, it was, no, it was, it was you. one of those, like, okay, that's a professional athlete who just made look like a four-year-old. You made him look, wait, you, but, made, wait, you made him coach, look like a four-year-old. Did, did you see someone just rain on my parade? Did you see what boss just did? She just looked him yeah. up and then was like, and she did one of these. Eh, no, 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 no. That was my, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I got oh, it. You oh, you get, okay. okay, okay was, got it. Oh, I, oh, 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 all right. If it was a, that would have been a hand, a handshake. Uh, I, that was uh, a, a hand. Hand. That was a yeah. Right. He's just he's just a mon- he's yeah, so yeah, big yeah, and yeah. so strong. He's but he's not on my team for the first time in a long time. Right now he's in a commercial, and then I won't take us too far down the road. But right now he's he's in the commercial that um the, with all the players doing the like TV the uh, the table read for the next season oh, yeah, yeah. of the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And and That's someone fun. says th- th- they're supposed to do a, a no-hand catch, and the person's like, how do I do that? And he goes, I can do a no-hand catch. I just catch it with my ass. <laughs> and you kind of go, you kind of, like, you're like, that's a joke. Also, I'm not 100% ruling out that he can do that. Like, I'm not yeah. saying you can't yeah. do that, DK. I'm just saying it's funny. You might need a thigh in there, but you could do it. He, he's he's, a, he's yeah, good. That's amazing. So anyway, but yeah, but yes, it's all very personal, and you take it all very personally. Now you also have because there always has to be this element. You have Coach and I living in our rooms, and me writing out little sketches about you know throwing things across the locker room and and amusing the guys with them. But you have people who do legit like tweet or whatever at these guys like they'll at them in it and be like you lost me my game you go and like so and then it goes off the deep end and it's no longer charming or funny or any of that but it is it is hilarious to really feel like you're gonna pull lamar jackson who makes 50 million dollars aside and go uh look it i like you but uh this can't keep up all right this this cannot happen again lamar under any circumstances I actually, because I had Jalen Hurts last year, I, I wrote a, another sketch where I treated him like a kid, and I was like, "I'm not comparing you to Jalen, but and he and then and, and then and then Lamar just goes, <laughs> and then Lamar just goes, got it, coach." <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 completely unhealthy. There you go. You, you do have favorite children. You do. Um, I mean, in, I mean, when in your fantasy team, not in, not in, right. In no, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, all right, boss. Do you have a sense now of the? lunacy and and crazy i mean i don't know it's just it's just a weird thing that happens to uh to men who have not like still reliving their adolescence apparently uh full bore i don't know yeah i love it i love it yeah no women talk about their feelings and men talk about football i get it i'm there with you i got you yeah that's, mm-hmm. What's yeah. a what's that's a, not a feeling? What's a feeling? Know, what is that? Man, how is that like when somebody like dives how, and like breaks the plane of the end zone? How figure out, like, what are you talking about? How <laughs> fucked up would this podcast be if I actually were the one most in touch with my feelings? What would that say <laughs> yeah, about us? That's not. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that is not something I would want people to be subjected uh, to. Be like, really. There are a couple of relationships in my life where I am, quote, unquote, the emotional one. So you can imagine what those are like. 
where it, it's like yeah, it's like killing Eve. It's like you're it's like Villanelle. A basically. little bit. They're, they're it's not. I haven't killed that many people yet, but kind of yes. I I need to finish that show. I loved what I watched and life, and you guys know how I am. But yeah, I need to finish that show. I did not expect to like that show. I was watching it very much as like part of a kind of research project for something I was working on as one does. And I was blown away. Like I did not, I like actively thought like, okay, this one's going to be homework. I don't think I'm going to like this. And it was. Jodie Comer only hits home runs. It doesn't matter what Jodie Comer does. She just loves, loves to hit. Boss, think about it. Think about it. I haven't, I haven't seen her that much. I did like free guy. Although. I, I, I would have done it differently. I would have edited that differently. I'm just saying, whatever she, she is, is great, in, yes. like whatever, whatever she can do, she will max out the role, and um, and she's delightful. Um, and coach, there's a there's that's one of those shows. By the way, I'll tell you when to stop. Don't you don't go the whole way. Got it. It's one of the, okay. one of those ones yeah, that yeah, really yeah, yeah. In, a, in a Game of Thrones way, it ran off. You're going off the rails. Like, Got it. Oh my god! To the point where, uh, like collectively people who love the show, I list myself among those people are like, Nope, didn't end that way. Nope. Like just Sorry. like, yeah, no, that, even, that even the actors happened. are like, no, you're, you're basically no. Rebecca sitting in the kitchen. Like, are you ready to talk about this? Nope. Not yet. That's kind of like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because you go, because you're like, I have a, okay, we're going to actually get, we have one of those on this episode. What a great segue boss. I was going to say, come on, man, you get so invested. Yeah. Great. Great job, coach. We get so invested in a certain character and you and you go, I fundamentally understand every atom of their being. This character speaks to me. Mm -hmm. And then some um, asshole, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. usually me, who has created the character Mm -hmm. and writes them, (laughs) decides to do something that doesn't align with your. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you go, I don't think so. But but it's funny when collectively millions of people say, I don't think so. You go, you go, oh, that's, where did it go off the, like, you built something, and then did you just, like, you know, it's like a fight club kind of, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful thing. It's like, are you doing that, or do you, have you lost the tether? I don't, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, before we talk about yes. that, uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> we, Hello. I wanted, I really wanted to drop everyone into the conversation. Uh, it took a half hour to do so, but. Um, I wanted everyone to get a sense of what uh, is happening behind the scenes. I'm your host, Coach Castleton. Uh, with me, as always, is Coach Bishop. I was slow to the mute button, and that hurt my feeling. That's good, Coach. Thank you. And then, obviously, uh, we have uh, our boss, Emily Chambers. Yeah, and I remembered having something to say here. And then a couple of men talked over me for like 30 solid minutes. So now it's gone. I'll think of it for next time. And then I'll rub it in their faces at that point also. We'll see how it goes. Let's not get emotional here, boss. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy there. You're getting a little hysterical. You better better find your uterus and staple it in place because you don't want it just floating around your body all weird like... Right. I literally never thought that. Oh wait, do you, staple. Wait, but that's why they called it hysteria back in the ancient Greek days. Your people, your people came up with that. They thought that the uterus. Oh yeah, no, I know the reference. Yeah, floats Go ahead. Go ahead. around the body, and that's what would make women upset. 
Like they had to come up with an idea that there was an actual physical ailment for women having feelings about things. And that was that our uterus ease, I, whatever, would float around your body and fuck shit up. That's where hysterical comes from. That's so fucking amazing. Wow. True. They found out later it was true. So fucking weird, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. And, 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 and lo and behold. And no, turns uh, out. <laughs> fucking. When I, to, uh, so to quote, um, so to, quote to quote my big fat Greek wedding and and every real Greek American <laughs> in every like Greek Orthodox uh, church everywhere. When your people, no, when my people were inventing philosophy, your people were still swinging in the trees. Yes. Yes, that's great. Joke's on you. Ireland doesn't have any trees. We just have bogs. We were just laying out of the sun as much as possible. (laughs) Just uteruses floating around (laughs) willy-nilly. I have to say, my big fat Greek wedding, I mean, I'm not alone in the universe. Love, loved it. I went to high school. I know people are like, where the fuck did this guy go to high school? Like, he's always saying the weirdest shit about where he went to high school. Yeah, you, but, you just make up everything. Yeah, you make yeah, up a high school. Yeah, Yugoslavia. I was in high school back in Paris. <laughs> but no, in, in, in Brooklyn, it's a real place, I promise you. And there were a lot of, uh, as they say, ethnic whites. I think that's the phrase that people use when they're trying to figure out how to say. But, but, but it was super cool to me because it was... A lot of the parents, like you're talking about people who like still had the thick accent and were like, whatever. So you, I felt like you really got a sense of these different cultures. So anyway, Opa, like yelling it like that was a thing that would happen on my football team. Like jokingly, like it was like whatever. But still, like I was fully aware when they said Opa, I, I was part of the 0.035% of black people who fucking lost it. <laughs> in my big friend Greek wedding, I laughed so goddamn loud, and I know people were like, "What the fuck's happening?" But to me, I was like, "Oh, it's like being home again." Anyway, um, but yeah, the new the, the third one's coming out. I'm not hopeful for it, but might go see it just for the moment where um, he says, "I'm a vegetarian," and the woman looks up at him without hesitation and says, "No." That is fucking funny. That is. Very, she just says no. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? No. (laughs) We're not going to do. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It was, it is the cultural equivalent of here's what we're not going to do be vegetarians. Like, that's crazy. Absolutely not. And I laughed so hard at the trailer for that. I'm like, I am 85% confident this movie is going to be trash. And I may still go see it just so that I could just bask in. I'm vegetarian. No. That's just so goddamn funny to me. Or you could just fly out and spend 20 minutes with my mom, coach. <laughs> I and You know what's funny? When we met, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, yeah, I get this. It brought back some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I felt the, comfortable. Uh, I felt totally comfortable. I was like, oh, I love this. I, I, uh, so I'm a big fan of Yoros Lanthimos, who's a Greek director who did The Lobster. And uh, you guys oh, probably, okay. Uh, if you don't know, oh, the, the lobster. lobster um, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss, you saw the lobster, right? It does. It, it has Colin Farrell, so yes. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I'm a huge fan, and I think he's he's fascinating. Um, and it's so nice to have a, a, a fascinating Greek director. Um, and um, but I also wanted to make like 
my real big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> like, like, okay. Like, cause this is like, I'm, I'm, it, when I watch that, I'm like boss watching the end of Ted Lasso. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. so this is the Disney version of what of actually want to see what really happens. Like you want to really? know how it really looks like really. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. that's funny. It, I'm like, Oh God, this is so it's, it feels so vanilla. And, and it's funny cause you, cause it's basically, uh, they do a great job of pulling out all these crystal moments of, like, you know, oh, that's so cute, whatever. But you're like, mm-hmm. You know what's behind that? Like, <laughs> you know, like like the brother saying, like, I'll kill you or something like that. I'm like, you know what he's actually thinking? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, it, it, gets, uh, it gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's what happens good. when you actually, my mom married a, uh, my dad is not Greek. Um, right, right. Uh, he, he was uh, Swedish and Polish and uh, American born. She was born in, in, um, in Greece. And when she married him, they excommunicated her. She was excommunicated. She was kicked out. Oh, of the house. Was shit. It, like, you're like, yeah. it's not the cutesy, nobody listen to me. It's none of that. It's just like, seriously, you're out of here. It was like, you are not, you are going to hell. Yeah. Like, that's wow. as They're like, oh, no, no, no. You're not, couldn't get married in a Greek Orthodox church. Then it took her a while to get, like, you know, recommunicated, really? which is cool because, yeah, I don't know. It's nice. It's always nice to hold that over people. Uh, wow! You- I, I missed my call. I missed my calling because I would love for my job to be ki- deciding who goes to hell. I would love, <laughs> and then get paid for it. I'd be like, that would be sick. I'd be so good at that. Like, no, no, you're going to hell. No, I believe me. I got a, I got a line to the main guy, and uh, trust me, you are, you're, you're uh, back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now you're in. You, you'd be like um, Jade going to talk to Derek about whether they, they can have the, the window table. Like, there I, you go. Second. I need to. I gotta go talk to. I gotta go talk to God. That's I'll be right back. Right. That's it. <laughs> I love Derek as God. <sighs> um, okay. So um, shall we? Shall we? Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yes. Did Let's we, do it. Did we leave anything out? Did, did anyone have any? More yeah. Exactly. Want to say? Exactly. Actually, no bullshit. I'm gonna throw this in. I don't want to actually discuss it now. We can discuss it sometime. But there's a, a documentary series. I think it's about four episodes. And we just started it last night because we were hanging out and just like, oh, that looks interesting. About chimps on Netflix. It's like Chimp Kingdom or Chimp. This shit is like the dopest fucking HBO series ever. Like they're, they're, the, the central chimps got beef with the fucking West chimps. This shit is bananas. And like, I'm really in it. Like, like one of the central chimps got caught by himself and got killed. And I was telling my sister-in-law, my wife, before we went to bed, I was like, they got to go get one of them. Like, this is, you know, these are the rules. Like I was really on it on like some street level (laughs) shit of like, it was hilarious, but (laughs) it was, I was like, yeah, see, I was like that chimp right there. That chimp is like Stringer Bell. And that chimp is like fat pussy. Remember when the fat pussy? Oh, it was. Oh, oh, oh. It, it's like really. It's excellently done, and also narrated by uh, Mahersha Ali. And I don't know, like, how many times you have to swoon at the sound of a, another man's voice before you got to throw that old cue into your uh, introduction places. But I'm getting pretty close to. Uh, Hi, yeah, everybody yes. doing uh, Orlando Bishop <laughs> LBGTQ because Mahershala, ooh, say something else. That voice of his is something special. 
I would not let him within 3,000 miles of my wife. Like, if I found out he was coming to L.A., I would fly her to New York. And if he comes to New York, I'd just get her on a plane and fly her back to L.A. Because I wouldn't blame her. Like, if, if somehow I fucked that up and we found ourselves all in LAX, I'd be like, babe, we had some great kids. We've had a great run. I get it. I love you. All right? Take care. Because he is just fucking dreamy. Anyway, that's my version of not saying anything about something. Yeah, that's good. I love that. But this is the thing. Uh, we, we're welcoming people back um, from um, uh, they, they had a little sort of uh, foray into Wayne. They oh, took yeah. a little detour. And this is the type of thing, Coach. We put this on the list and then let's just deep dive it and let's just go through it and oh, add it to because it'll be you excellent. Know, like, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm, so I'm serious. Good. It'd be that's so the thing. Good. We put, there's so many. Um, there's so many awesome things out there. And I, one of my favorite things is, expo- you know, I love team building and I love talking things out. And uh, coach called me before the, we started recording. He was like, Oh, I caught up with my cousin and my God, this guy is so much fun to talk to. And so exciting when you talk to people, with different, you know, interesting views and can tell you something you haven't thought about, or, you know, really open your eyes about something. And so part of what we really want to do here is uh, in deep diving Ted Lasso, we try to, um, you know, shed some light on things people may, may may or may not have thought about. And if you may have thought of it, maybe we're giving you a different perspective. And, and uh, or maybe you can agree to disagree. Um, and that's that's also part of the fun. Um, but we have so many interesting things that we talk about. We just want to go out and share them uh, with everybody. Uh, on that note, Ted Lasso. Uh, this is season three, episode 11, part five, Mom City. I wonder if we'll get to the part where boss is going to annihilate us coach but uh, not today yeah. not today you don't think so well we're gonna need a whole conversation on that there are three scenes at the end of this episode that we are gonna need to get into because there's a lot there's a lot to be said i'll speak directly to the buttercups because they're not privy to our text threads and i will tell i will be honest and open and tell you that i've already shared with boss that I'm afraid I have neither the ammunition nor the skill to <laughs> to prevent her from gutting me. I'm so I'm like I'm living in fear, people. So I, I just I'm like, no, but I loved it. You're gonna ruin it, aren't you? You're gonna ruin it, aren't you? Uh, so we see. We'll see. We shall see. I'm, I'm just gonna pretend to be neutral. And then watch you get gutted and slowly back away and not come to your as room. you should. I mean, like at yeah. a certain point, save yourself. I mean, like, it's no yeah, sense right. No, both, what are we talking you know, about? Yeah, right. Yeah, she's got a blood guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't needed it for a while for a lot of reasons. It doesn't matter why, but uh, no, that is true. <laughs> how how is right. not needing him more fucking ominous than needing him? I don't know. <laughs> But right now, I am as scared of this woman as I've ever fucking been because she hasn't. Because that means that she sits around and very calmly goes, "Should I call him? Well, I don't yeah. need him for this one." There's a, there's a thing in her yeah. mind where she where she ascertains whether or not she, that she needs a blood well, guy right this. Because here's the thing: either it means I have no need for blood, and that's great because that right. that it can only mean good things, or it means that my need yep. was filled elsewhere. That part. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, coach. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to behave uh, for at least the next la- last seconds. Last one. Last thing I want to ask that's not on topic. Boss, you ever play a video game where you have to romance somebody? 
Have you ever done that? Have you ever had that experience in a video? Yes. Game? I know you played The Witcher. Yes, and you are. So, so I'm like, and it, like they make it a little bit easier in some cases than in others. There is a case where um, you can try to romance two ladies at the same time. And if you are successful in that, they get you naked, tie you to a bed, and leave with all of your clothes. So like... The fact that I'm not great at seduction is probably better for me in a lot of situations because I would end up like under a bridge someplace, like alive and moving, but just not in a great situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm playing a, a game with one of my uh, friends and uh, I'm, I'm striking out, trying, mm-hmm. to romance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to romance this awesome kid. This is like so well-written. Um, and I'm like, hey, you know, like whatever in the in the interactions. I'm like, uh, so what are you like? What are you up to? Or what are you, you know, whatever. And she's like, mm, I'm good. Like, and, and so in the back of my mind, I'm carrying around this sense of shame that I yeah that I can't romance this this amazing uh, fake digital. Entity. No, that makes sense because I was playing a game and I thought for sure that there was going to be a lot of seduction and romance involved. And Portal had none of that, and I didn't understand it whatsoever that they wouldn't go for that. There's a there's a little that's hysterical. That's a, if anyone knows Portal, that is a. Did you ever uh, play Portal Two? By the way, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Portal Two was the one that I did play. I don't know if I ever oh, played yeah, yeah. Portal One, but yeah, no, it was great. Uh, Stephen Merchant's Fucking Wheatley, phenomenal. I wrote an article about it. It's so good. it's it's literally phenomenal. It's so great. like it's it's so good. You know what? It's so good. What we might do is is it is like. A, spectacular yeah it's great it is hysterical so we might do a watch at some point of the cutscene. oh sure yeah 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 just so people go oh my god this, this is, is really this hilarious is like, i also need yeah. to mention you can play two player and so i was playing with the boyfriend and he was trying to map out for those unfamiliar with the game you have a portal gun and you could use it to jump through a hole to move you someplace else and the puzzles get more and more difficult over time and so he was trying to game out how to do one move and he couldn't quite figure it out. So he's talking to himself real quiet. He's like, so if I put this there and then I, you move that there and then I put it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've got it. All right. Get in the bottomless pit. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that, but I need everyone who is in this room right now <laughs> to hear that you said, get in the bottomless pit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not, not even a please. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. She likes get, getting the bottom. She of says it. she likes getting kicked around. I it's like true. It. I think it's great. Uh, I think it would end my relationship with Juliana if we tried to play Portal together. It would, the way we just like functionally understand space is so different, especially like when you have to like jump through a portal and then on a free fall shoot another portal for them to be launched into. Like it's all a timing thing. Um, and I wow. get, I get test, I get a little testy. I'll get, I'll be. Is like, that oh, right? Um, it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing that comes. And also I, I do my strategy in my head. So I've been playing with our with our good friend, uh, Coach, you know, you know who we play with, who yeah, I play yeah, with, yeah. I think. And he likes to talk out all his moves. Uh, so he's like, okay, it will run a turn-based game. And he goes, okay, so I was thinking like this might be a dexterity role, um, but maybe it's charisma. What do you – I'm like, oh, my – just <laughs> like hit the – I'm aging. I am <laughs> aging. <laughs> Oh my god! I like th- there's so much wrong with us. What is going yeah. on? I am aging. The guy's just trying to figure out, like, hey, uh, you know, like, let's make sure we've communicated. 
He's I, a sweetheart. He's, sweet, uh, he's trying to be a good communicator. Right, I'm right, like, right. I don't, whatever you do, I'm just going to launch a fireball and blow up everything in sight. So, so I don't great. like whatever. Do, do your worst. Um, okay. Ted Lasso. Let's jump in. Um, we picked we, where we left last time was um, this, you know, easily the best actor on uh, Ted Lasso, Derek, uh, trying to push fish. Uh, talking about Nate's uh, trajectory, <laughs> um, which is you know the, the way everybody wants to do it um, in a capitalist uh, society, um, and we open with um, a knock on Jamie Tart's door. He is he is at the um, Hacienda Hotel uh, in Manchester, and he's uh, got his uh, suitcase on the bed, which is a no no according to Dottie Lasso, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's just transferring bacteria from the floor right onto his comforter but if you've watched any of those uh 2020 documentaries on what really is on your hotel uh comforter yeah it's your suitcase uh, you, you should be worried about yeah it's not, <laughs> like holy crap it's uh it's it's pretty gross um uh so yeah boss will you pick it up here um uh he opens the door and who is who is standing it's there? keely of course it's keely yes. uh recently uh, drafted into making Jamie better by Roy Keeley. And she says, can I come in? And he says, yeah, sure, of course. She said, I wanted to come and see how you're doing. And he immediately says, Roy told you. Like, it just, it, without skipping a beat, he knows yeah. exactly what's going on. Uh, yeah. She says, well, he's worried about you. Is that okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. In fact, I'm the best I've ever been, you know? And then he says... Uh, wait, you know what, boss? I want to jump in really okay. quickly. It was this moment where he... Oh, sorry, I just thought about this. Um, I have it in the notes where he opens the door to his hotel room. They, they have been intimate together. The two of them were, were a real thing. And we get yes, the sense of it. Yes, I real, thought about it was real good. Too, I think. It was real hot. Ahead. Yeah. Right? And then he opens the door and he, she's like, can I come in? And like, no part of him... <laughs> Because of where yeah, he is. Yeah, like, is yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Hotel like, no- is Pavlovian. Nope. Yeah, yeah. No, like nothing. Like he's almost like unreachable yeah, yeah. on an attraction level. And uh, so I just want to chart that. Okay, go ahead, boss. No, that's a, that's actually an excellent point. I feel like there are only so many people that you could have in a hotel room with you alone where it wouldn't at least be a hint of a weird thing. Like it, it, Good, yeah, family yeah, yeah, members, yeah, yeah. anything yeah. after that, you're like – you're strolling into weird, like, oh, the pizza delivery guy is here territory. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wow, that's really funny. That's really fucking weird and funny. You scare me. So what I go for? Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I would invite everyone. I love making things awkward, so I would love to invite all of you to visit me in a hotel room. <laughs> and I'll just, like, I'll just stand there and make it a super awkward. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is why, this is a thing. Remember when Ola said... Like he he made he intentionally yes. made it awkward with yes. uh yes no, yeah no, with uh with Rebecca yeah. and it's not funny to some people but if you're the person and you're a student of humans yeah and you're like yeah come come in I, I like yeah oh my god no the I get I get that humor but it is torture to me yeah it like I I right now am stuck and Daphne's so frustrated with me because platonic is just cringe i'm like the cringe has cringe in that fucking show and it is it's a it's a torture device for me like i'm like i can't do this like this is too much 
cringe. I I like the whole time I'm like, oh god, no, oh you did do that. Oh god, oh god. Oh and it's like so anyway, I yes, I a hundred percent hear you. And coach, uh when I was when I started out in stand up, coach and I worked on because everything either one of us does. So uh, we were working together and coach encouraged me. This one made me still makes me laugh to this day. Cause I was like, I'll never do this. Although I understand why it was very funny. He was like, you should just do things and see how people react. You should go into a coffee shop and just like have a bunch of change in your hand. And then just like when people can't, like no one would notice, like just throw it out on the floor and just let it like make all it like, and then just see what people do. <laughs> what? I was like, I'm a student of nature. Yeah, human nature. What happens? I was like, yeah. what, what? I'm going to go home and learn how to craft a joke. I don't know what's happening right now, but like, like it was so, he was like, go out in the world and make chaos. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. 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 I love it. I love That's it. That's hysterical. Uh, boss, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So as soon as uh, Jamie says, oh, he's fine. He's totally fine. He's better than he's ever been. It's just... Uh, there's something so sad about a suitcase. You know what I mean? It's like a drawer without a home. Oh my God. Obviously the words of somebody that's doing very well. I would like to point oh, out that this is totally. slightly different from me categorizing a slug as uh, an unhoused snail. I feel like some analogies make sense, even if they're a little sad. And this one is just a gateway into his soul. <laughs> uh, so she says, Jamie, look at me. Uh, you've got a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on. This is the first time you've played back since you left. It's played back home since you left. So wanting to address the fact that he is back at his old team and that there's going to be some apprehension about that. Because sometimes there's uh, a, a former player comes back and the crowd fucking loves it. And sometimes they yeah. come back and they're like, you have never been alive to us. It's not that you're dead now. It's that we have erased <laughs> everything you ever meant to us. And it's better when it's that first one. It's way, way easier for everybody involved. Yeah, this is Kyrie in Boston. Kyrie Irving, sorry, I was going to make a very, uh, everybody knows my joke uh, reference. But Kyrie Irving is an American basketball player who is a walking nightmare and wears out his welcome everywhere he goes. And the people of Boston hate him so much that there was a chant at a Boston Red Sox game and for those of you who are confused, that's a different sport. That's how much this city hates him. <laughs> There's a different fucking sport where they they broke out in a chant of fuck Kyrie. So that's oh, the shit. level of hatred that that Jamie, roundabout that Jamie is walking into in this game. Our, our hate does travel. Yeah. It'll migrate uh, sport to sport. Um, it's, it's one thing we're good at in Boston. <laughs> yeah. But, Boss, I wanted to call out Jamie's face after the 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 where he's sort of at, when he talks about how how the uh, drawer is by itself and he just sits there with his mouth open like thinking about it. <laughs> it's almost like watching like a robot go on tilt. Where you're like, is he? Did he just break? Is that? And then you know, it's, uh, Keely's of course. Coach always talks about what a great coach she is. She's got her soft voice and she's like Jamie and like you know it's. You know, she's sort of trying to redirect, but it's Phil Dunster, man. Oh my God, so good. He does, in fact. It's it's a hard move to pull off where you are learning the thing that somebody already wrote in the script that you've practiced and read before, and he does do a very good job of conveying that. So, well, as always, Jamie Tart, 
somehow wonderful. I don't know how they did it. Amazing. Amazing. And, and also you brightly point out Keely saying it's the first time that you're playing at home since you left. And yeah. And the, the next part, I have to admit when I first watched it, I couldn't figure out, is this reverse psychology or what's happening here? It, what mm-hmm, Keely mm-hmm. says is uh, the crowd's going to hate you. And the person who's going to be booing the loudest in the crowd is your dad. And he says, Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. And she said, and I know a lot of people are shit talking your hair online. It, they're what? No, no. Uh, think about it. If you guys win tomorrow, then you'll be on the precipice of achieving everything you've ever dreamed of. And he goes, oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry, Jamie. Oh, it, like just making it worse. I think that maybe she was trying to acknowledge the situation. Right. And he's like. Exactly. My dad's going to be there yelling at me? Like, shit. I, I didn't have, even think They don't that. like my hair? They don't like my hair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just falls, literally falls over onto the bed. Yeah. But I also thought it was amazing. Like, the only thing worse than how bad this could go is that it might go right. Like, like, like he's he's done. He's in that space of life where you hear that you might win the lottery and your first thought is, I'm going to get killed on the taxes. Like, he's just done. Like he is finished. So yeah, this was, but the fact that the hair, his relationship to his hair continues to give us as funny as it is a legitimate sense of where he is. Like he says, I wash my hair, but I don't even use conditioner. Yeah. We may all laugh, but, but there was part of me. It was like, Oh, this motherfucker is falling apart. Like, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Uh, and then there's those of us who don't have that much hair, and we go, ha-ha. That's funny. Would I could trade my legs for your scalp, sir? I feel like that would be the solution to everybody's problem. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Uh, listen, I, if I could just t- look at my face. If I you could just switch it. Beard and just, and just switch it. it over. Just revolve it. Yeah, I got a great... Just, my personality is like 86% beard. So <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know why it beard. wants to migrate onto my, onto my, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all I got. It's all I got although I have to fully admit on the L uh, the way home the other day from work, um, just a guy, regular guy on the train with a beard and a forearm tattoo reading Nick Hornby. And I thought to myself, I don't want to hit on him. I don't want to, but I am compelled that I need to do something. I can't not. It is the uniform of the man I find attractive. I don't know what to do with myself. Wait, it was a Nick Hornby quote. A book. Or he had a book. Oh, oh he had yeah, a book. Oh, was, oh, oh, um, I'm sorry. I thought that I thought the no, tattoo no, 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 was no, no, a no, Nick no. Hornby. So he was reading Nick reading Hornby. Reading Nick Hornby. He had a beard. Yes. He he looked like maybe he hadn't showered in a few days and maybe, would ruin your credit. Probably. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. It's like, sir. Perchance, yeah. do you spend irresponsibly? Yeah, like, are you taking the owl because you are concerned <laughs> with the environment, or because you cannot drive legally anymore? Which one are we talking about? Wow, that's great. Wow. That's wow. so great. Hi, I'm sorry, I'm Emily. Um, Hep A B or C? <laughs> Just curious. That's, that's the, the 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 multiple choice quiz you did yes. not know you were yes, going to yes, take yes. today. Yeah, yeah. you are not aware. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, so that the, the scene does end with him falling over and her saying, Oh shit, I've made it worse. And then we cut. Yeah. Which is what Roy did too, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like, it, it's, it's really hard to sort of interject yourself into somebody else's dread 
or somebody else's, especially anxiety. Anxiety is a real tough one for me because I feel like I've, um, I think I probably grew up with a lot of anxiety. I, I turned it into other things. Um, I turned it into certain types of preparation. I turned it into humor. I turned it into whatever to cope without, because I had no help. So I just figured out how to make it be other things maybe, which is probably very unhealthy. Um, but with, with, uh, four children, all of whom have different levels of anxiety. Some of them are just debilitating, like crippling anxiety. And I know I'm speaking to all of our listeners because when we sent out the questionnaire about anxiety, it was like, Oh my God. So, you know, like I, I put in a category like brother, you don't even want to know. Like that was like, I said, like, what level of anxiety do you feel? And, and it was like a preposterous amount of people picked like the fake, the one I was like, it's just, I can't even, you know, so. Uh, I know that trying to parent kids with anxiety and try to like, you know, you try to rationalize it. Oh, there's no reason for that. You know, you're talking about instincts. You're talking about flight instincts that are, you know, hardwired into the system or, you know, fight, flight, freeze. Um, And so you go, um, okay, yeah, but you don't need to worry about that. You're you're good. You get math. And even if you do poorly on the test, I don't care. Like, nope, doesn't. Yeah, it's amazing. Remember that coach where I said the funniest thing, my little voice saying that helicopter, you know, I'm sure it's going to crash and hit us. And then when it didn't, I said to him, he was like six years old at the time. We were on a beach in uh, in in uh, uh, in L.A. And 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 I said, uh, now that it didn't hit us, do you feel better? And he's like, nope. And coach is like, yeah, fuck no. Of course <laughs> you don't feel better. <laughs> no, that's it's, yeah, no. It's either that doesn't work like that's that. going to crash somewhere else, or now something else is going to crash into us. So yeah, just just when we all relax and think we're safe from the helicopters, that's when the shit's really going to go down. No, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. There's no once you're where JB is now. Like there's no like you need a major interrupt. Like there's no you, you can't just talk yourself out of that. Right? He's in. He is all the way in there. Did I when we talked about that earlier about the helicopter and your son? Um, did I mention the Jonathan Safran Four line about suffering? Do you guys remember this? It's from Extremely Loud and Incredibly so. Close, which is the book about 9-11. Uh, interestingly enough, because we're recording on 9-11. Um, and the line is, I might be butchering this a little bit, but essentially the end of the suffering doesn't justify the suffering. So the suffering never ends. So it's like just removing the bad part doesn't mean that it wasn't bad at some point. So you actually need to like rectify the bad part in order to get rid of it. And that's what Mm. a lot of anxiety, like it was anxiety provoking. So it's there. It doesn't matter if it's done now. It's now I'm anxious. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's stuff out there. Do you guys know about how there's stuff out there? Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard. Right. 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 The human mind is so crazy. So I had to take my son to a, to a um, physical this morning. I went to physical and I said, hey, you want to go grab a, a bagel at this local place? He's never been there before. It just as a little treat before I take him back to school. Um, and so I get this bagel. And there's a, there's a little poster on the bulletin board there. And it's this guy. I took it. It, was, it had a QR code. And it said, um, okay, it's a one-man show. And it's called Grief. And it says, okay, and I don't know how to justify what this does in my mind. My my number one fear is losing a child. That is my my number one That is horrific. Yeah, that that is my, every single day, the motor inside me, everything that makes me go, it it worries about that in every possible way. 
And so on this poster, it says, uh, this foundation is proud to host the exclusive Boston area performance of Grief. Um, the award-winning emotional show uh, played in New York and Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. Um, after a drunk driver killed both his teenage children. This oh, man channeled shock, shit. anguish, and rage into this tragic comic exploration mm. of our culture's inability to talk about grief. Mm. Comedic mm. and heartbreaking, profound and profane. This is the feel bad show of the year. And so it had a QR mm. code on it. And I was like, I I was like, okay, I took a picture and I was like, I did you say profound and profane? Was that the was that the com- combination of words, profound and profane? Just uh, yes, that's okay. what it says. Finish, finish your point, and then I, I'll bring us back to that because I, I, I kind of that kind of yeah. Anyway, that stuck out for me, so then I kind of lost a little bit of what you were saying. Yeah, comedic and heartbreaking, profound and profane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the feel bad show of the year, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think now that I've seen it, like I have to go attend this, or something bad is going to happen to my kids. And I'm like, wait, what? What? What is? That? What is I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, no, 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 right, right, no. Oh, believe me, I, I know. It's like I'm like Eli Manning. I'm a little stitious. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. I get it. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I love Eli. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, so anyway, I just thought it was weird. I don't know why we're we're thinking about that. Where, where's how did this come up? I don't know what I was referring to. Anxiety, anxiety Jamie's Jamie. anxiety that he hadn't thought of it before, and yeah. Yeah, and I and I just I, I guess it's like you know what, the, what I don't know I don't know where the, the origin of these types of thoughts are I don't know it doesn't feel like that it feels like almost like sports betting like we were talking about or it's like you have no the universe you know whatever and then uh, I have a son who's a philosopher and he'll talk about you know predestination and you know whether we have any influence whatsoever on it on the, on the you know the way things go and. Um, yeah, it's the whole thing is just oh god, it's overwhelming. Which is why we take solace in in uh, watching it happen to Jamie and then talking about it on the podcast. Um, yeah, we open on the team watching a movie. It's movie night for the team. Um, once you have a pillow fight, uh, you'll never have a movie night again. But yet, mm-hmm. but yet, uh, they're also oh, you're up, right, right. Wow. Um, I mean, you can't. Have, you know, it's not realistic to have pillow fights all the time. Um, sometimes you just gotta gotta chill out, coach. Um. Yeah, Keely, Keely reports that she made it worse. Danny Rojas turns around. Hello, Roy and Keely. Good to see you both next to each other like before. Um, and Keely, Keely is the one who leans forward and corrects him. And what does she say, boss? No, we're just sitting together as friends. And but Roy mentions, uh, yeah, and she just looks very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're misaligned right mm-hmm. now, and then yeah. you know, so like the whole the whole the whole repair Jamie thing is misaligned. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. all, it's, a, it's a real mess. Um, which well, I will say, as a as someone who enjoys this show, I'm like unnecessary. I want to yell, just like no, like yeah. leave everybody alone. Like we already got them where they needed to be. I I don't think I needed this beat, but okay, coach, you were gonna say something? Yeah, I well sort of. In what they did decide to do, what just struck me is you can't always decide what a relationship is, which seems like, well, that's ridiculous. You have to make it. But like sometimes you can't. Like sometimes a relationship has a certain tenor or there is or isn't a certain attraction or there is like whatever elements of it. And we can try to decide like as friends, right? As friends. Yeah, of course, as friends. And like you just... You watch enough of the ass friends back and forth and go, oh, my God, like, 
one of them may get hurt in the ripping of the clothing. I mean, like, are you kidding? And, and I'm not saying that's where we are right here, but just both of them, Keely having this real commitment that she's going to take this relationship. There's a piece of it that she likes because he's a great guy and she's going to hold on to just that piece. And he still wants to bed her down. And so just insisting that like, if we say it enough times or if we decide that's how it is, that's not always how that works. Like I'm not saying men and women can't be friends, but I am saying if one of them can't wait to get the other one in bed, that's going to be tough. Right. Yeah. It's not that men and women can't be friends. It's that it's more difficult to be friends with somebody you want to sleep with. I'm not saying that can't happen either. Right. There are actually sure. plenty. Sure. I, I, I have known couples who were friends and attracted to each other and it worked out just fine. But if one of you wants something more and the other one doesn't, that's when it's going to be a problem, regardless of what that something more is. If you want somebody to be a closer friend and they're like, well, actually, I'm okay with uh, once every six months. We're being honest. Like that's going to be an issue also. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Question on our internal uh, message boards for the uh, antagonist. um, I noticed that boss, you invited the entire staff to hang out at your apartment and do drugs. Yeah. Except for me. Wait, wait, you wait, 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 wait. Specifically called out. You were like, every. So is that because I'm always trying to uh, hang more, and you're trying to put up a boundary? Like, oh no, I don't want to hang out with you any more than I have to on this terrible, terrible podcast. Oh God, um, no! Sorry, was that what you thought? Oh no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I was no, like, no, no, no. Oh, why can't I? Um, no. Leave my four kids and go do drugs. I'm <laughs> like so God. I, I feel like I really I, I, hurt your I, feelings, and it's you really. It's yeah, not. I really, I've, it's been haunting it's, me. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not that I don't want to hang out with you. It's that nobody wants to hang out with you. And if I invite you, oh. <laughs> I nobody. You. Oh, okay, that's that. That's nobody better. else will okay, show good. up. Oh. Oh. Okay, for a second there. You know what it's like? Yeah. It's like um, I'm Nikolai. I'm like Russia. Yeah. From, yeah. from, from the Akufo meeting. They're like, actually, actually can sorry. You, can you, we can't do this yeah, you're if not. you're here. It's going to be weird. You're the boss. No, Come on. No, okay. I fine. get it. I'll yeah. Not do drugs with you. Then, yeah. No, then no, no, no. All right. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for clarifying that. I appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Okay. So, um, we, um, uh, we have this moment where, yeah, she looks and she just looks very nice. Uh, they shush everybody. Beard says, Nora Ephron, I'm saying my apology. Who? Keely says. And he says, Carl Bernstein's ex. I was like, wait, what? That's how people think of Nora Ephron? Do you think of her as Carl Bernstein? I was like, that's I've reductive. never thought that's that reductive. Way, but, but, I'm but, like, Nora Ephron is funny. Nora Ephron. Like, Nora oh, Ephron yeah, is oh, like, yeah, no, like, but she, yeah. Is a, she is a statue. She doesn't need to be buried next to her. Especially Carl Bernstein. Didn't he, wasn't he married like three times? Yeah, he cheated on her, and that's when she wrote, what was it? Uh, heartburn or afterburn, something burn. I did not know. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. God, you're wow. great with gossip. I sure am. Wow, man, and drugs. Drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, but I'm like Nora Ephron has a statue. Like she doesn't have to. You know what I mean? You don't. Anyway, she stands alone. Uh, the cheese stands alone. Isn't that the thing? The cheese stands alone. Yeah, the cheese. Isn't that a poem? Yeah, it's a nursery rhyme or a little kids book. Yeah, nursery rhyme. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nora Ephron stands alone. Um, uh, anyway, don't cry, uh, shop girl, don't cry. Um, we pan across the guys crying. I wanted it to be you, Meg Ryan says. God, Meg Ryan. Oof, we could she just do a whole episode that. on. She can sell that. Yeah, no, no, like, like what like it was like no to grow other. up with Meg Ryan. Like yeah, no, no other. Yeah, amazing. 
Um, we get we get through this this beautiful beat. We get a young Tom Hanks, um, and then uh, everybody. It's funny they're passing the tissues, and we get a nice sort of dolly move across the front of the uh, of the whole team, and then sort of shot from the back in silhouette. Uh, and everybody's like, everybody's into it. Um, Isaac Isaac is. Like a little crazy. I'm like, does he have like some kind of like anger or whatever? Um, you know, I'm like, why is Isaac so fired up during this one beat? Um, and then what well, did you guys I, make? Well, of hold on, hold on, because I want to go back yeah, yeah. To, to 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 Isaac for a second. Yeah, what I maybe and and this this could be me imposing it. I, I'm recognizing as you asked the question. I took it as emotions are uncomfortable, and I'm feeling things. And I know that it's okay that I'm feeling things, but that doesn't mean I'm comfortable. And I think that, and I think I'm the kind of person who generally before this moment in my life, if I felt uncomfortable enough, I stood up and threw a chair. And so like, but you guys are making me sit in the chair and in the feelings. And it's a lot like that's, that was my experience of that moment. Now, whether that is any of what was intended and as they were doing this, I don't know, but that was the way I took it is like, Isaac learning what it's like to feel overwhelmed by sadness or the beauty of something or the, you know, the awesome power of love or like, these are just not things that come up a lot when you're hanging out playing FIFA. Yeah, no, no right, that is true. I mean, they do when you, when you, yeah, they, they do sometimes. When well, you really win, win a tight one on FIFA or lose a tight <laughs> one. Yeah. I you think, make a beautiful play. I think that that's how, like, uh, like an extension of that Travis Kelsey SNL skit. There should be like when, uh, you know, you have a, you, you have a couple and maybe they're not man, woman, but maybe the man, woman, but at any rate to, to explain it to lugheads like us, it'd be like, no, no, no. You're not understanding. When you didn't do the dishes, it was like J.K. Dobbins tearing his Achilles. And you're like, oh, did I do that to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. How to speak. How like, to speak. Yeah, yeah. You understand. Like, language. Yeah, like, and yeah. I'm like totally not getting something. And you come running in and you're like, it's like Georgetown losing the Villanova in 85. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm my so God. Sorry. You feel that? Yeah. So, but yeah, he was having a hard time. Yeah, Isaac is a he's a character. But I was going to ask you guys what you made of Sam turning around to Rebecca in that moment. I wanted it to be you, and they share like a really sweet. I like the like like if there's something really. I, I'm like, what other show do you have like a resolution of a of a really hot and heavy relationship, um, and then it and then they end up like being this sort of lovely to each other. What what. Where have we seen that boss? Boss, boss who has seen most shows. I'm trying to think of a show where. Um, that is a good question. One that I would need a second to think about. So I'm trying to think of the the relationships that I have been very invested in. This might shock you guys. Uh, they tend not to end very well. There's usually at least one death. I'm thinking. Um, yeah, no, actually, now that I'm thinking about my favorite ones, either they just break up and it's not great. or Although maybe my favorite literary ro- romance of all time is the TV show version of Laura Moon and Mad Sweeney, and she started it dead. So I don't know if that's really going to count. That doesn't make... I'm sorry I asked, boss. I know. 
Uh, I was thinking, I was like thinking that what you usually see is like Sam and Diane on Cheers. Like you, you see like these things where it's like the guy gets immature and sophomoric and kind of pokes fun at the ex or whatever and like brings mm-hmm. up fights they had mm-hmm. in context or she alludes to his failed machismo or some, you know, something, right, you know what I mean? Right, like right, it's right. all, it's all, it's like a little bit, it's a little bit like, a, like not aggressive, but a little bit sort of poking fun at the other shortcomings from that person's perspective. Mm-hmm. But like, when do we see, yeah, no, we're cool. We brought, we had our thing and like, we really fucking dig each other. Like we really want each other to be happy. That's, that seems, you know, let's maybe, maybe it's not utterly unique if we, if we really put our minds to it, but it is rare. Well, I, I and I'm, I'm sure at some point in these conversations I've shared that I was, I was taught at one point that relationships go how they start, which is one of those like, Probably not 100%, but definitely true enough for us to proceed with the conversation kind of a deal. And I think in an interesting way, because of how their relationship started, their relationship started with the element that remains. The relationship started with, you like Ratatouille, you're a grown man who's willing to say you like Ratatouille, you get my references. You're da da da, right? Like, I can't wait to see what witty thing you'll say next. Oh, I'm a spy. Ha ha ha. Like, that, all that stuff that, like, usually it's, I thought you had a cute butt. And so then I started talking to you so I could get to touch it. And then I found out there was, like, a whole personality connected to that cute butt that I liked. Like, they didn't do it that way. And I wonder if, in a storytelling way, but maybe also in a human way, that allows for this landing spot because what first brought me to you wasn't that anyway. That was like a, I don't want to say like a cherry on top. I mean, they want a dating app. I don't get carried away here, but I, I think it was like, I think that's part of it is that they know they are still the two people who had that dinner and just laughed and laughed and smiled and hadn't, neither of them had had as good a time as that since God knows when. Yeah, actually, um, so I probably will need to think about it a little bit more, but I like that aspect. Two of the relationships I did think about that ended with a a similar feeling of affection, at least, if nothing else. Um, On Community, Jeff and Britta end up not dating, but they do hook up for a little bit. They're friends, and then they have sex, and then they're friends again. And by the end, they're the group is so close that they really want the best for everyone. And there's a shared affection there. And then um, you're the worst. Two of the worst people, Edgar and Lindsay do the same thing where they're friends and then they hook up. And then at the end, they actually like have a conversation where they're like, Oh, well we, we need to move on because other things need to happen to us, but we're still friends and we still would like to be in each other's lives. So I think that there is something about like, not that meeting somebody and immediately wanting to bone down is bad. I will never say that, that it goes against my core beliefs, but there is something that when the affection is developed, it usually stays unless something really bad happens during the relationship. You can fall back into that place where you're nice to each other. Yeah. I feel like I've seen versions of this on shows but it always feels unsatisfying to me now. Like, and I can go through, there's like the whole, like I would say I'd categorize it like a whole, maybe it's because the shows feel like they have more of a millennial mindset, which, which can sometimes feel like, Oh, not 
exactly, um, I don't know, like, like aligned with my experiences of dating or, you know, like it's, it's definitely a different sort of take on it, much more cynical and much more jaded and, and much more realistic, I think probably. Um, and so, uh, you know, probably much more mature than <laughs> the way I did when I was at that, at that age. Um, and so, uh, sometimes when they have these things, it, it almost feels like, um, like a resolution to a relationship can feel like, I don't know, I guess very real, but also, um, yeah, I guess unsatisfying. I look at it and I go, Oh God, something feels missing from this. Maybe it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's drama. Maybe it's like a big sense of closure rather than a declared closure. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, um, uh, sometimes it's like when I watch those, some of the, you know, sort of shows that will address this in the modern era, I go, Oh God, this, what, what am I missing? Why does it feel so, uh, not like relatable. Yeah. No, actually. So I can't remember where I read this, but basically the idea was older, elder millennials of which I am one are in a lot of cases, the first generation that saw their parents actively divorcing in ways that could either be horrible, although not as horrible as a, a previous generation because of the you know legal status around getting divorced like it would have to be really fucking bad to grant a divorce just a few years before i was born um and once that became more common we saw different versions of this is how you end a relationship even when it's a long dedicated important relationship you could sort of figure out how to do it in a way that is not toxic to everybody involved and so i, I mean Sorry, go ahead. No, just so that, like, not me. I'm still kind of fucked up and all my exes had to move to another continent. But a lot of people my age do have better coping skills with we loved each other, we can break up and still not Mm -hmm. have to hate each other in order to move past that relationship. One of the things, and I think I share this, but one of the things that um, I, I love most, we developed the line relationships which I've talked to you about. And one of the things that I loved most is that naturally, like it wasn't trying to, you know, this, as we were talking through the development of this engagement, us just, us saying, but what if they decide not to be together? Like, like it doesn't have, like the, the mature or the correct decision for everyone involved could be, yeah, no, we're not going the same place. And so we have a whole element of the work that's about like, this is the fork in the road moment in our process. And then there's a whole conscious uncoupling path that we created. And it's one of the things that we've not ever delivered it yet. And we'll see how it all goes in real life. And, you know, for all I know, somebody tries to run to my over car and it'll be like, yeah, well, all right. Um, but I, I think that um, there's something cool about going into the world with that in mind, that we could do this a way that leaves us both feeling, you know, whole and able to appreciate um, that was fun, right? Like whatever it was, if it was three weeks or it was six months or it was a few years, whatever it was, that was fun. I never would have learned about, you know, Kung Fu theater if we hadn't met. That was sweet. And uh, yeah, I'll never, whatever. I'll never hear such and such a song without thinking of you. Doesn't mean I want to marry you. Doesn't mean I even want you around my house anymore, but take care. Uh, Yeah. I always think it's weird that 
anybody who's like all their exes are the worst people, like the that is the list of the worst people who've ever lived. I find them scary. I'm like, what is it about you and relationships that means like that's how it's got that's how it's got to go. Not that it could go yep, that way. Yeah, It could go that way. But, you know, you. I'm not, listen, the blood guy wasn't alone and scared yeah. me. When you started talking about people moving to other continents, I was like, do not cross this woman. Whatever yeah, you do. no. You think I'm worried about being scary? Come on. It's my whole thing. <laughs> it's my whole thing. And also, um, again, to clarify, I did not have a lot of boyfriends when I was younger. This is like... Uh, I, I had one serious boyfriend before my other serious relationship. These are just dudes that like I hooked up with for a few months and then they decided they loved Japan. I don't know. That's on them. Maybe I had a weird thing for a little bit. I feel I do. I will say, and I don't know where the movie goes from there, but I feel like if I were sort of stumbling through you know, Netflix previews or whatever. And I saw conversations like the last six guys I dated moved to Japan. There's a non-zero <laughs> chance. I'm pressing play and I'm just going, this this Saturday is fucked because I got to understand what the fuck's going on. Like, what? All their boyfriends moved to Japan? Like, that's very specific. Yeah. It's not moved out of the state. It's not even moved to different continents. It's no. not like this one moved to Brazil. Like, everyone to Japan? Like, yeah. I did, I did slash do have a thing for engineers, and I'm not sure what the correlation between Japan and engineering is, but there's got to be something okay. there. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Can't explain it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I was curious about what you know when you. Uh, what I always say one of the uh, big kiss of death when you're making a um, a show or movie or or you know some a stage play whatever uh, when you're when you're producing a piece of entertainment and you're you have your actors laugh, but it's not funny. And so the audience doesn't laugh is like the kiss of death. And so, so I had a beat in this moment. I, I don't care about you've got mail. Um, and I, and I seem to remember it. I'm one. Oh God. What is that phenomenon boss where you remember like a collective shared delusion? Do you remember this whole thing about you've got mail? Like I remember it ending a certain way. Oh, and, and then I guess it didn't end that way, but like me and thousands of other people remember this one scene and then people do research about it and they go, yeah, no, it didn't end that way. But really? I swear to God, like I, I would put my hand on a Bible and swear that it right, like, right, right, it right, feels right, like right, we're right, like, right, like right, that right. feels like de- the deja vu in the matrix where like someone has changed the program. Cause I swear to God and I'm not alone. There's all these crazy groups that, that do these things and what, you know, when do they turn up? Um, but um, uh, uh, when Harry met Sally is mine, Nora Ephron, uh, sort of, sort of thing. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but you got mail and sleep in the saddle were not my, uh, my jam. So when the, everyone was tearing up to it, I was like, eh. Oh, really? I really, okay. I, it's, well, I thought it was funny. Did we, I don't know if we did this line before we started the conversation, this part of the conversation, but at any, I mean, Sleepless in Seattle is still a far superior film, uh, Ted says. And that made me laugh because, it is a. It is a. It is. I feel like people feel compelled. You can talk about when Harry met Sally and not discuss other Nora Ephron films, and you can talk about Sleepless in Seattle and not discuss other Nora Ephron films. But I feel like if you bring up uh, "You've Got Mail," 
Like it is contractually. It's like if you're a DJ and you're in a neutral kind of place and you play Biggie, you got to play some Tupac. Them's the rules. So if you're going to play one, you're going to play the other. That's how it goes. And it, it feels like if you discuss You've Got Mail, you must address your feelings about where it belongs in the Nora Ephron canon. Do not pass go. Do not click it. So that, it made me laugh on that kind of like cultural whatever. It, I will say of them, You've Got Mail is my least favorite. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like I, for me, when Harry Met Sally is just like otherworldly. Like that's yeah, just like don't even bother. Don't even you bother trying to write like- anything like that. And Sleepless in Seattle was great. And then You Got Mail kind of felt like it felt, you know what it felt like a little bit to me was like watching a great athlete like a year or two past their prime, where you still sort of see like what was so awesome, but it's not what was the like breathtaking right. version. Yeah, yeah. I get that. That's, I thought you yeah. I thought some part of it was like I gotta go watch You Got Mail again. But I was like, oh, is this like it felt like um, sort of based in the AOL type of like, you got mail. Mm-hmm. It was like a big yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I, it's I didn't like that at all. Yeah, that was. And the then whole I didn't thing, like. Yeah. And then I was like, it's like, um, didn't the corporate guy like, win? Ghoul, ghoul win? Yes. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, it humanized like, uh, like yeah. I was like, okay, that's, all right. That's like, actually worth its all discussion. We should. There's a hmm. I'll say this out loud since we're sort of been playing with ideas of like, what are these conversations we're going to have? I think there's a version of the world where we actually do watch one or more Nora Ephron movies and, and, and have some pretty interesting conversations. But I, I thought, I thought it was an interesting choice. I wouldn't say that it ultimately hit me in my gut. The, everything I liked about that choice of the corporate guy, not just being the bad guy, which is usually what we do, right? It's the corporate guy, like in the, you know, you would do, you know, her, her, her old high school friend from the town in Iowa comes through, you know, and says like, why don't you come back home and be on the back of my tractor? And she's like, you're right. That's where the real living happens. Um, I kind of yeah, like that yeah, they went yeah, the yeah. other way, but it didn't, but you still got to, in the end, you got to hit me in the gut and you didn't. And so it was, it became like, a, it became like an interesting exercise as opposed to like, the kind of film choice that makes me want to watch something over and over again. Like I would never be flipping through channels, see that you've got mail is on and be like, well, the next hour is shot. Whereas like when Harry met Sally, like I hope, I hope you are not waiting for me when I bump into when Harry met Sally, cause you are going to be disappointed. <laughs> but you, but you don't like, I, I, as a real question, Oh boss, you have good. You ask your question first. What were you going to say? boss? Oh, I, I was going to say you're referring to the Mandela effect. Where you remember collectively, yes. we remember yes. something that didn't happen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. Apparently, yes. it was the movie ends with uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan being in love and walking off out of the park or whatever it is. Apparently, a lot of people remembered a, a follow-up scene in her co- uh, bookshop where she's reading to children. Never happened. Yes, didn't happen. Not yeah. a director's. Cut. I remember yeah. it. No, it didn't happen. It might have happened earlier in the movie, but didn't happen. Um, also, yeah, no, You've Got Mail feels like a weird one, especially it's a remake of Shop Around the Corner, which was, I believe, from the 40s-ish. Right, right. Um, and I think it would be really interesting. This was like the heyday of people finding out how the internet works. So this was after 
Sandra Bullock's mm. The Net, where everyone was afraid that they would erase your entire life and murder you if they got your email address, mm-hmm. uh, when mm-hmm. people were still figuring out what this was. There's an element where the corporate bookstore owner, who was intentionally trying to put the smaller bookshop out of business, catfishes the owner of said business into being into a, in a relationship with him and doesn't reveal until the yeah. end who he is. And we are supposed to root for this guy. We're like, great. Yeah. Wonderful. You're going to get the girl and you're going to get your bookshop and New York is going to be a little bit blander. Congratulations. Everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what, what are we root? What is the lesson from this? Um, yeah, no, I, whatever. It, it does not surprise me. It's not lost. First of all, coach, I was going to react to the fact that you said, if I'm flipping through channels, and then I come across this blah blah blah. I'm I know, like, I, know, I, I know. never flip through. Do I you know. ever flip no, through a no, channel no, no. ever? I, 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 like, channels like you mean channel, those things right? yeah. they list on Hulu like to make us all yeah misty. <laughs> okay, all right, good. No, no, yeah. I just want to. I literally never. I was yeah. I was running with it. How long? Yeah. How many years has it been since you flipped through channels? Oh my god, uh, oof, at ten. I would think yeah. I would have to really sit okay. and think about it, but yeah, it's been, yeah. yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, I go into different apps. I was going to say because of the ROM comedy and all the uh, ROM communism and, and everything, um, is it lost on me that they feature uh, you've got mail in, in a writing room where they talk about how Hallmark movies are kind of great, but also kind of mm-hmm. suck, but also are kind of great, but also kinda, like, I don't have that gene, whatever. Like I've seen those and mm-hmm. I think they just suck. I don't mm-hmm. think they're kind of great. I don't love, like, I love like, when you say like, Oh, come back to the farm and, you know, go dating on farmers only. I'm like, okay, whatever. In my, in my mind, there's beauty all, all over the place and it doesn't have to be like city girl goes to the farm. It doesn't have to be a fish out of water story to make it awesome. Someone on the farm can follow someone on the farm and they can have a great fucking time on the farm. And someone in the city can stay in the city and also have a great time. Uh, it, do, it doesn't have to be like these wild sort of parabolic shifts. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, in, it makes sense in the course of Ted Lasso to have this be the show that apparently makes Higgins like lose his fucking mind, <laughs> like, like sobbing, sobbing like he's at a funeral. I'm like, okay, Higgy, maybe. All right. Uh, Ted gets up and says, all right, now listen up, you big softies. Uh, 10 p.m. lights out and get yourself a beauty sleep for tomorrow's big meet cute with Man City. You hear? And they all say, woo. He says, all right, Efron on three. One, two, three. They'll yell, Efron. I, I'm all for that. You want to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I a, was a, a woman writer's name? Yeah, let's, let's yeah, do more it. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that they, they highlighted her and she's super talented and um, uh, deserves all, all the credit she gets. Um, so this is wonderful for that kind of call out. Um, then there's a bunch of people uh, we over here talking about diff- different things. Um, uh, you got to see Sleepless in Seattle. That's what people are saying. Um, and what happens? Keely and uh, Roy has a tear down his face, which I'm like, okay. Like, all right. I mean, like, okay. He's um, Yeah. Uh, I guess. I mean, this is the guy. Could I have some more rosé, please, Janet? Uh, Janice. You know, so I'm like, okay, right. he's not, it's not like he's not in touch with this. Mm. I was like, but he doesn't usually let himself be in touch with it here. I think that's significant, though. I think that's deeply significant. Like, he, he had, like, okay, I'm going to pause before I do even worse than comparing being gay to being a Denver <laughs> Denver Broncos fan, yeah. Like I, I started to launch into it, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, pump the brakes, brother." 
So let me first say, yeah, I get it. Perspective. But in an interesting way, he too was not, I mean, not in a way, he too was living a double life. Like he was, and, and, and he too is experiencing his two, I would more so say selves than lives. Like I don't necessarily think like Janice is going to be hanging out at that, you know, at, at a barbecue with with him and Keely, I mean, anytime soon. But like, I like right. I, I I like that he's like, no, you can be that here. You don't have to have a space off in the distance, hidden where people don't even know your Roy Kent, uh, where you get to have feelings. So I, I, I yeah, I was I'm, I was into that moment. Okay, yeah, all right. I mean, if that's that's what works, um, and then you see. Uh, Jamie, uh, everyone is bawling, and Jamie looks like what I imagine I would look like if I was in that room, which is like emotionless. And I'm like, God, I must be as broken on the inside. If this is a universal thing, I'm like, all right, well, I'm kind of Jamie in this. Um, and then he ducks out the side, and he is like looking sketchy. Heads out of the hotel, hoodie on. Anytime puts a, uh, someone puts a, uh, you know, again, I can't say someone. Anytime a white boy puts a hoodie on, that's fine. You know, you know, he's not up to no good. Um, I remember Coach alluded to telling his son like yeah. here's here's a rule of what you're not going to do yeah because it is literally dangerous living in LA and like you you will not do this yeah, yeah. You know, no, i had to i had to be like ah uh, yeah i get it but no right and when jamie does it you're like what okay like right. it's almost like right. uh putting on his 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 invisibility cloak or something like you're like oh what what are you up to boy um mm-hmm. so you know jamie jamie heads out um Keely, Keely and Roy are just, you know, there's this little, I'm sure this is an homage to something. Boss, this, this like chase, walk chase, is it an homage to something? Am I missing something? Is there a, it might I, know, I couldn't be. figure it out. Um, I, it, there's nothing, nothing specific springing to mind other than anytime that you are following somebody, it does look like. Achilles is more of the we are on the hunt. I'm going to crouch and like do a sidestep so nobody sees what I'm doing. And Roy is like, can we fucking can we walk? Can we go? Can we right. follow him? Right. Also, what better way to draw attention to yourself? Yes. Than to try to look like you're not wanting anyone to see you. Yes. Like you immediately go, what's going on over there? So I thought that was part of Roy's thing too like if we don't want to seem like we're following him let's just walk like a couple yeah who are walking down the street right yeah i think that's true and then i'll point out that it was a, a number of very very beautifully framed shots excellent the shot lighting with the moon i thought was yeah like, shot with the moon ooh. centered down the like the row houses mm-hmm. and he had a shot of the stairs from up above really totally pivoting uh you know looking down at the stairs with, with very cool light and shadow um, and that's why I'm like, oh, is this, this is like borderline Hitchcockian, but I couldn't, I just couldn't place it. Um, so, uh, yeah, then they continue and they lose Jamie. Um, and then coach, you know, they, they go down like a subway stairs into like a, a tiled sort of subway tunnel where the lights are flickering like Jacob's ladder. Um, and, uh, and Jamie was gone. And what happens here, coach? So it's the the two of them sort of, you know, that half bicker of like, I didn't screw it up, you screwed it up kind of a vibe. You know, oh, the fuck is he? I don't know. You've lost him, which I thought was funny. Like, 
<laughs> You've lost. Um, you said he went down there. So the figure quarantine continues. I did not. You said that. Um, no, I said he's in a tunnel. I didn't say he was in this tunnel, which is fantastic. <laughs> right? Because, like, because it yeah. was sort of like, you know, the, the next line. Like, well, there's no other tunnel. Like, like Roy, really? That's your that's your great defense of what you said. So anyway, um, I don't believe it. You've lost Jamie Tart. You can't lose Jamie Tart. Well, you have. And then they walk through what seems like it may be like a um, what's the word for that? Almost like the hub. Seems like a, like a hub yeah. kind of a space that would lead you to walk in different directions, like an intersection kind of. Yeah, kind of, of, of yeah. other tunnels, whatever. And then as they step into that open space, we get you know sort of the semi jump scare, although we know what the monster is, so it's not quite that of Jamie stepping out behind them, um, and they uh, they they get oi, and Keely screams fucking hell, which. There's no context in which me saying that wouldn't be self-conscious, but God damn it, I wish they were. I have, from the beginning of this show, every time someone went, fucking hell, I've thought, why don't we have that here? I want that here. I don't need bangers and mash. I don't need a lot, like a lot of things I could go visit for, but I want. I don't need bangers and mash. You would if you tried them, don't you? I'm sure. But I, anyway, I love it when they say that. Why are you following me? Just want to make sure you're okay, you prick, which is just love in a line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right away. Right. Right Like we're back to it. Right. Um, What do you, what's going on, Jamie? Are you buying drugs? Which is so mom. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. I, I was know. Like, you jump right to drugs. Really, Keely? Like Keely, who's seen some shit. You've got to think. Is like, it's not the drugs, is it? Like I just thought very like, oh my, what is happening? So all right, then um, you can see on Jamie's face, like you know, you two fucking idiots. And so he's come on, and and they follow him. Um, we we then happen upon them uh, going through a neighborhood. Uh, you have some kids playing some version of soccer here, but it seems like it probably involves some sort of pain or getting hit with the ball or something. I guess not quite, but they're they're going they're doing their thing. Um, and they, are you Jamie taught? And yeah, and the other kid because you would I would think think like oh they're seeing this famous footballer like they're yeah. Oh my god, yeah, stars in their eyes. Right? More like Jamie fought. Screw you, dickhead, prick. Oh my god. I was like, I love this place. Also, I never want to be in that place. And then uh <laughs> like, what? like these are uh, uh, children. Yeah, it's Oliver oh. Twist, it's like Dickensian street You know what I mean? Like, You're like oh my god, Jesus. Like, what else did, are these did, kids? Did they remind you? To? What would you say, Coach? Like, what else are these kids up to? Like, we cursed. I know I was in a group of kids who cursed at this age. I was not in a group of kids who, under any circumstances, would have said "dickhead" or "prick" <laughs> in the presence no, no, of adults. Adult? Like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. what? No, no, no. So, yeah. I, yeah, I thought, like, oh my god. And if if I said that, if uh, growing up where I grew up, and uh, it wasn't like I was in the hard streets or whatever, it was just the, right, 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 right. Of the culture at the time. If I had said that at that age to an adult. They would have, at the minimum, open hand slapped me. 
I, it's just Boston. What are you gonna like? Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, you like, imagine, whoa, like going up. Check out this yeah. little pisser over here with the mouth. They, I, yeah, I, was I, knocked, how good was that? Was that any good at all? I'm trying. Pissa? That, no, piss, really well, no, 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 no. Yeah, kind of. I guess it kind of could work in that. This little piss. I, yeah, I'm, kind of. Okay, I mean, good. I, I'm, listen, I'm, general, I'm, trying, I'm climbing the ladder, coach. I'm trying to get there. No, I, I appreciate it. You're getting there, coach. I love it. Um, but yeah, no, this sort of weirdly, this is just me, I'm sure. It felt like sh- shades of Jamie Tart Sr. as the little shithead in the middle and Bug and the other dude. As oh, the th- like it was like yeah. a version of that for me. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I sure that I mean, was universal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, Jamie and Colin and Isaac at the beginning of season one. Also, that. Yep. They've got a few Three Stooges things going on now that we look at that. Triangles, so I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But triangles, coach, PB and J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, th- there's a there. I could see that. Except in, well, yeah, yeah, yes. It, it, I'm, I'm sure it could have been that. The only thing is, okay, they were punching down in season one. Yes, and these kids are clearly not like punching up. I'm like, they're oh. like these kids are like, yeah, they're really um, bold yeah. for 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 children, like mm-hmm. re- in mm-hmm. a way that you. In a way that suggests um, that they haven't been um, acculturated to the norms of polite society by someone, you know, that they're learning the rules of the street on their own, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, it, so the pessimist in me says that Jamie and Bug and the other guy whose name I'm forgetting right now, um, the three of them. Yeah, I'll look. A it lot up. of that was directed towards. Jamie and what we saw, which is technically mm. punching down because Jamie is senior is Jamie's dad. Right, like right, right. What, even if Jamie was big enough to beat him up, like that's your fucking dad. Um, so this is pessimistically, this is they are learning how to be bullies and eventually these three kids will bully whoever they feel like. The optimist says mm. they are bullying and they will continue punching up that this generation for whatever reason has learned you only punch up, and so you are more than welcome. Interesting. When you see a professional footballer who has yeah. left your team to go to a different team, you are yeah. allowed to fuck with him as much as you want. Yeah, that's almost like it. like a, a lasting, a terrible lasting Im- impact of the of the uh, existence of trolls. I, I always. You know, I can't stand this. By the way, Denbo Cullens is the other guy's name, which is why yes. Bug is easier to yes. remember than Denbo yes. Cullens. Um, but um, uh, yeah, no, this is a this is a thing where uh, you know someone on social media starts getting ripped on, and then you then it becomes okay to rip on people. It's it reminds me of you have an actor who plays a character that you don't like. Uh, uh, King Joffrey in Game of Thrones is one. And then like people tee off on the on the. Um, the actor, you know, in real life, or uh, coach. Coach was saying about, oh, this fantasy football player, fantasy basketball, fantasy mm-hmm. baseball didn't do well. I'm going to go, uh, you know, slide into his DMs and and and, and flame him. You know, you just go, okay, like what? People have sort of lost the yeah. lost the thread somewhere along the way. Well, um, th- there was something that I um, and I, I I'm not always schooled on it, and it may have already been covered on the antagonists because I've been out of the loop. So I will just admit that. But somebody showed me that um, I guess somebody decided it was time to take down Martin Short 
him being such a horrible human being and all. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, I was like, we have reached end stage internet. Yeah. When the person who needs to get straightened out is Martin Short. Like he, okay. Sorry, go on. Well, just in case anybody saw that, if anybody's uh, as terminally online as I am and didn't read the actual article, the headline was extremely misleading. And so then a lot of people, the headline was essentially, why do we keep putting up with Martin Short? An implication being, he is not funny. He is annoying. Why do we keep celebrating him in these ways? The actual article itself was more about how his specific brand of comedy is intentionally irritating and annoying, which I believe is a fair mm. thing to say. Like the characters Martin Short does. Yeah, and, no, they are annoying people. Like that is that is his shtick. That is what he does. Mm. Like a Jiminy mm. Glick is not supposed to be a person that you're excited to be interviewed <laughs> by. And Jiminy Glick was so great. It then so that's a thing. He also played um right, Uncle right, right. Jack on Arrested Development and was one of these blowhard, egotistical assholes who couldn't actually uh, measure up. It, so it was not as harsh as I think people expected it to be based on the headline. And then it became a celebration of Martin Short is actually great. Why are we going after Martin Short? So there's just too many disconnections now between Got somebody it. saying something and somebody else responding right. and then it becoming a thing. Um, right. Please nobody go ridicule the poor slate writer. I think that Trying to write something oh, and having no. it. Oh, is that happening? I haven't seen it yet. I've I'm just sure. seen a lot of. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, luckily, it's been a lot of like, here's a great clip of Martin Short being his hilarious in that a, this is the writer's home address. Please go yell at him. So I don't know. I know that doxing anybody is, is horrific. But also, like, I think there's irresponsible ways to frame conversations. Yes. I don't I don't know. I actually don't know anything about this and I'm, so I'm not casting aspersions on Slade or or whoever this is. I don't know anything about this. I just saw it tangentially happen and then somebody said um oh the only reason of Martin Short on on uh, uh what's the show Only Murders um, Only Murders in the Building yeah it is to hide how painfully unfunny Steve Martin is. And I'm like okay listen, I go I'm like y- <laughs> Like, okay, like, it's fine. I remember, I remember the moment. Uh, I remember this. this. I'm not saying that Steve Martin is always funny. No one is always funny. Okay. But this is a legend of comedy, a, a true legend. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, a, it has a living legend. What yes, comedy is in absolutely America. changed the face of civilization. Right. right and, right. and um, I remember, I remember going to see Dr. Uh, no, uh, Sergeant Bilko, where I went in thinking I'm here because I'm a, um, I'm here because I'm a Steve Martin fan and I go to see comedies. And I remember then I, I, I it reaffirmed for me, I'm completely over whatever Steve Martin is doing right now. And I, I am a, um, uh, Oh my God, I just forgot his name. Uh, I'm a, um, Oh my God. How do I, uh, uh, uh Phil Hartman. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm like, oh, I am okay, a Phil okay. Hartman fan. Yeah. I am a mm-hmm. massive Phil. Mm-hmm. I will. I am so crazy about whatever Phil it. Hartman's doing. This is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. How long, you know, you look at, okay, we were talking about Rodney Dangerfield the other day, and Rodney Dangerfield mm-hmm. is a legend, mm-hmm. whatever, but like at some point, like, yeah, his humor was dated. At some point, of course, of you know, course. what did we talk, you know, uh, certain people, all they did was punch down, uh, who was it, Don? Uh, Don Rickles. Don Rickles, this whole thing is just, right. So, so at some point, and, and Steve Martin's like humor is not that, but I could see how it would be like, okay, it's not Bo Burnham, 
it appealing to this exact generation. But then, like, I don't know why you have to piss on it. it, it it's see, I, I want to like tell yes. me your joke. I always say like, okay, I I, wor- I once worked with this person who said, um, uh, Ben Stiller sucks, and I I had. Uh, met Ben Stiller and and, and uh, been, been uh, you know sort of adjacent to things he was working on and met him and you know saw him working round the clock and was very like sort of in the, in this proximity of watching him go and all I saw was him treating everybody with respect and being unbelievably decent and working his fucking ass off and I look at like all the things he's put on the screen and and then you have like a twenty something writer being like he fucking sucks. And I'm like, okay, well, let's like, I, I'm like, I, the, 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 the sort of critical thing, the, the thing where you go, I'll be a critic. I don't want to put up many of my stuff, like whatever. I, but I'll just sit back and, and, and throw rocks. It really rubs me the wrong well, way. Well, I, oh, but you know, it's funny. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know, be curious, not judgmental. I think there's something that would be a corollary to that where you're where you are coach and like for you know there are all sorts of things that you know it's not for me you know what i mean it's just not for me and that's and i i i'm not saying everyone always has to say it's not for me i think sometimes i watch things and go that joke doesn't work because that joke doesn't fucking work like a joke has a structure and that didn't do it and it's not funny okay that's fine that's that can be technical that can be whatever but then there's like a whole barrel of stuff that i'm like Like, you know, I'm not mad. And I think it's a part of the internet culture you were pointing to earlier and our culture more broad. Okay, here's an example. This is very silly, but I think it captures it. It started this year now, and it comes every year, where people go fucking berserk with their hatred for candy corn. Oh, just let me know if you like candy corn so I can know if you like eating crayons or whatever. And it's fine and it's good fun. And I'm pretty sure no one ever lost a life over the great candy corn debates. But I think it's weird. I do personally think it's weird that nobody fucking asked you and I that you feel the need to swerve all the way out of your fucking lane to make sure we all understand you think this particular i'm allergic to peanuts i'm not like outlaw snickers i just don't eat them don't bring them around me you can make me sick but that doesn't mean nobody else i think it's odd that everyone has to like the candy i like and no one no one should like that candy because i don't like it and to me that's the steve martin thing all right it's not for you but guess what baby i will never stop saying when something arrives that I'm excited about, the new phone books are here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the phone That book. will be funny. That will be funny to me until it is all over. Yeah. It, always funny. And so you didn't like it, okay? Or you never even seen it. You think this old guy who you're looking at is all there is to Steve Barton. And we're like, no. Nah. This is a guy taking, like, his victory lap, dickhead. There's a a lot going on. And so I need to specify a a few different things. Number one is, um, even though I think the candy corn hate is overdone and ridiculous at this point, there is something about picking a very petty 
unimportant fight and dying on that hill that I will always find hilarious. Yes. That is more yes. that is more akin to um like there is a Lake Superior Twitter account and it picks fights with things like the Pacific Ocean Twitter account about what qualifies as a beach. And I will laugh at that shit all the time. All the That's time. That's very funny actually. That's I'm hilarious to me. That. It's really good. Uh number two there is stuff that is not for you and it doesn't matter if it's not for you. Nick Kroll happens to be a comedian that I don't love. It, like whatever it is that he's doing, it's not for me. I don't think that he's bad at it. I don't think that other people shouldn't laugh at it. Yeah. It's not a thing that I'm like, you're doing ill in the world. And so I need to yell at you about it. There are comedians who have done stuff. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know you felt that way. Did you watch Big Mouth? So I like Big Mouth. I do. But then the Kroll show okay. and some of his other stuff I'm not into. Like, I need him toned down. I can't get into... I, I actually like Nick Kroll, and I think he's good, and I don't laugh at his I just and, I just go, eh. Like, I, yeah. I don't... For whatever reason, it just doesn't... He's at a 12, and my... I need his style to be at, like, a 7. Like, it's not... It's not lining uh, up for me. Yeah, but I, I like him. I think he's... Cool. I think he's whatever, and, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, he, I, I can't... I, he dated but again, it's okay. I don't know. I can't, like... So I'll say that there's stuff like how bad can he be? Like I don't I don't know. I'm, people are like, oh, his dad is a billionaire, so that's why he's a successful comedian. I'm like, I don't oh, know about that. I didn't know, I did not know that. It, like maybe that. that definitely helps. Anytime being a yeah, being a billionaire helps everything, but I don't know if that's. Would, I'm not going to say that's yeah. why he's a comedian. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that there's some shit that, and this is mostly past. When it comes up now, I'm like, oh no no no, that's not that it's not for me. That's that it's actively bad. And so I always think of Andrew Dice Clay's early 90s stuff where he's extremely misogynistic. And the joke is not that he is misogynistic. It's just he's telling misogynistic jokes. There's a little bit of shit with Dave Chappelle and his turf shit and his most recent mm -hmm. stand-ups where I'm like, mm -hmm. that's not that it's not for me. That's that it's actively bad. It's a problem, right? And, and that I want to draw that distinction because I'm when I get angry later about this episode... It's going to be something that I don't think is just not for me or not the way that I liked it or what I would have done, but something that I do think is like pretty actively bad to put out into society. It's something that I think, oh, no, 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 I don't want te you teaching this. Don't tell people this is good. So when we get there, I want everyone to know I do know the difference between those two things. Um, but lastly, I'll say... Uh, Everyone should go Google uh, Steve Martin beard and banjo and listen, you don't have to like him, but I do. Oh yeah. But I do. I do yeah. a lot. Uh, listen, he's one of the fine. He's one of the finest banjo players on the planet. And just, like, no like, bullshit. I, just, no bullshit. Yeah, one yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shockingly hot in the seventies. Like no person should be that funny and that talented and that good looking. It's like, I can't believe that Miss Piggy didn't leave Kermit for Steve Martin in The Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> I or no. Yeah. That might have been the caper. But either one, yeah, you fucking you fucking leave your husband for Steve Martin when he looks like that. Jesus Christ, of course you do. Yeah, he's he he he's he's Mahershala. That's Oof. what he is. Yes, yes, he is. Um, I want to point out the actual uh insults the boys say to Jamie Tart. More like Jamie Fart. Screw you, dickhead prick. Um, yeah, who are you? City's gonna fuck you up tomorrow. City's gonna fuck you I up tomorrow. I, a little I, kid's I, I cackle. Yeah, you spaz, you little twat. Wow. Yeah, it's not for you, pussy. 
These are these are right. No, no, no the, these are the, kids. Yeah, no, these yeah. are the kids. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Go on, walk by, by. I smell your bum from here. <laughs> what in the world? It's now, so. The, I guess you have to make it right. Like they have to be beyond the pale for the joke. Like you can't. It ha- they has to leave no doubt that like we are saying these kids. This is what we're talking about here. So anyway, but yeah, it was pretty intense. So. The person accompanying uh, uh, Jamie Fart uh, turns to the kids and they realize, holy shit, who is it, coach? It's Roy Kent. Yeah. And is he going to fucking suffer fools? No, he is not. And we all wait to see what he's going to tell them. And he says, one of my favorite moments, good lads. Now, I would like to point out that energy from Roy he celebrates that like male angry a bit acerbic is Nate breaking Ted's office window. Then he does it again. Oh, what was the oh when uh Isaac throws the chair and he does it here. So he he he's not a he may he may cry and he may come to love. Meg Ryan, but he will not, he's not going to abandon the part of him that thinks sometimes a chair's got to be thrown. And I I appreciated that about the development of the character. I don't need him at the end to be Niles Crane. Like I, I, like there's, there's another way for this to go. And if you're talking about a new manhood, I do think it's going to include a little bit of that kind of stuff. I think I told a story about the, the kid at school, I guess, uh, uh, Mexican American kid says to my son, uh, use the N word, like referencing it to him, but not like hard R, like not like we're gonna kill you, like we're such great. Fr- I'm so cool, I can version. And my my son told me the story, and he wasn't. He's not. None of you know him, so he's he's not one to like. Oh, and then I told him he's not a. Uh, oh, what's my man's name? Who uh, who Rebecca dated? He's he's not going to tell the story. Oh, that John way. Wings. Knight? Yeah, he's not John Wings Knight talking about the time, you know. And but he tells that he grabbed the kid like by his hoodie and said like, "Don't you ever, right? You know, right?" Um, I, wait, the, he did. Oh yeah. Oh, and I never told you the story. Was this is like a no? year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he told me, and he kind of he kind of told Thanks me the for story. Sharing. He he, he kind of tells me a story like kind of offhand, like whatever he's telling the story. And he tells me he goes, he grabs a kid and he pulled him close, and he goes, "Don't you ever say that to me again." I was like, "Good for Whoop. him." Yeah, Fucking no, and good, good for, for yeah. him. I was totally like, "Yeah, hell yeah," but you know, like I think wow. you 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 know, if we're gonna send our kids out into this world, like. They might have a moment or two where they've got to grab somebody by a hoodie and go, don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. I'm a nice guy. I come to school. Don't bother nobody. Don't make me do it. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay that I'm, I'm okay that you have a gear, you know, uh, unassuming kit man, that you have a gear somewhere there that allows you to be pissed off enough that just like a little residual anger from you like shatters a window. I'm okay. I am okay with Isaac throwing that chair. If I'm on that team and he gets in trouble, I take up a collection to pay for the TV. Like that is a yeah. thing I can promise you I would do. Yes. Yeah. I think it, what I like about your story is 
when it is justified, it is justified. Like, I don't like the idea that people should always be soft because sometimes there is occasion where Correct. we that is not what it's called for. Um, I also think that there is a piece of this that is they were number one, not uh, impressed with Jamie's celebrity. And I feel like Roy would appreciate that. And mm-hmm, two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jamie left their team. And so he, those kids are going to give him shit. And Roy is like, that is what you do. That is how you were a fan. When, when he leaves your team right. and he comes right. back, you give him shit. So I think that right. this was like two parts of Roy's code where he is going to say, yeah, no, you go ahead and call him a wanker. Yes. You know, I'm glad you just said that. I'm I'm really glad you said it because it's like, well, what's he doing? Like encouraging kids to be, you know, and and no, he's actually encouraging these kids to have a code. And I think you're right. And I think each of the instances I just pointed out was a code because, right? Because Nate says, I too am very livid, right? <laughs> Which was a funny way to say it, but we got why the anger was there. And it was like, yeah, yeah, fuck this shit. So anyway, I, I. I, I, I do love me some Roy. Awesome. I'm still very torn on the good lads. I understand it, but I'm also like. Um, but that's your style too. Like you're like, this would be the like, yeah, this is like, there's, there's a bridge too far and then there's a tunnel pass there and then there's an overpass and then there's a freeway and then there's these kids for you. Like this, like, this is not, this is like, what? Like, yeah. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I'm just like, whew, man. Yeah, it's strong. I, it's yeah. strong. It's strong. That's all right. It's a fun. It's a funny beat in the story. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, that was sick. Yes, yes. It's whatever. It's a nice little moment. Um, and then we turn and and the doorbell rings. We don't know where Jamie is leading them. Uh, possibly to buy drugs. Um, could be boss right behind that door. We don't know. We don't know who's. <laughs> I love it. Um, we're going to leave it there for today. Um, if you have the sense that we're drawing out these episodes because we don't want it to end subconsciously, there may be something to that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers. Um, these are long episodes. So, uh, this has part been part five and I don't know how many it's going to take us to get through this episode, but, uh, I, it could be just the existential dread of, knowing that boss is waiting in the shadows or waiting in the bright light of day. Actually, it's not even shadows. She's declared her intention to smite. It's it's um, and- Roy in the alley near the park when he's teaching uh, Isaac how to be the captain, how to get back in touch. The le- the phone is going to bright up. That's yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm That's doing right perfect- now. Perfect. I mean, I know we're going to wrap it and, and, and let's please, but you see, how boss was able to do that in that moment. I am telling you, and I'm going to say this now to the buttercups. I could start an entire religion based on this text. It covers it. (laughs) It just fucking covers it all. Like anything. I totally unironically, and I've told both of you this, but I want to share it with the audience real quick. And then I'll shut up it that I completely unironically in one week, two different people came to me with real life situations. Like we were not goofing around and I quoted Ted Lasso and we went forward in the conversation. They totally got it. Like that's where this show is with me. So yes, I get it. You say to me, the light brightening up and I go, you're right. Now I understand. Now I understand. 
I love it. I love a coach. I love, it's good to have a true believer on the show. It's good to have a fallen priestess on the show. Um, in every and, way. And we're going to have, yeah, right. It's all, listen, it's, it's fine. And then it's good to have a absolute nitwit in the middle, never knowing <laughs> where they're coming or going. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope I'm doing a bang up job as that. Um, coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? Unstuck AF is the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, check us out. Hearing those stories, learning those lessons. Let's live our best lives. Boss, what about you? Still on Twitter. Um, finally finding the picture of Steve Martin and also the grid uh, lining up all of the NFL football teams. So you can check out both of those. At, it's at Twitter and at Blue Sky, both uh, dumbly underscore chambers and uh, writing about the ways in which men are mean to me when they wear newsboy caps at the antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com because I have been goaded into it by Laura Burns. Good, good. The inestimable Laura Burns, mm-hmm. who's managing editor over at, at the blog. Um, we, uh, we thank you everybody for joining us for this very uh, uh, involved conversation and for, for putting up with our, all of our um, forays into fantasy football and, and, TV show watching and you name it, uh, life. And, and we're so happy that you're you're joining us for this for this exploration of Ted Lasso. Um, please support support your local libraries and the written word. Please um, support the actors and writers who are still on strike. And I mean, oh god, it's just too long. And uh, yeah, coach, you see coach's face. He's just got this. He's just displeased with the way it's going. And uh, yeah, like, yeah, Coach, you should be, you're muted right now. Oh, coach, sorry. But. I was going to say, I don't like bullies. And that's where I am right now. That's like, yeah. I just, that's like, that's the space I'm in. Like, I'm in a, this is not nuanced. This is not, I have no analysis for you on numbers. I don't like bullies. And I feel like I'm watching bullying and it's really making me nuts. It seems crazy to me, but I feel like there's, you know, I, I we really, really try to be uh, curious and not judgmental, but there are certain things where you go, um, you don't want to be binary and you're thinking, but you go, I feel like I know who the good guy is in this one. Like the person asking for 1% of the income, what, like less than one Yeah. You just go, you know, it's like, a, I, I, I see, I see this everywhere, but one of my, this meme that I saw was like, Hey, guess what? Like you looking back on history, the people who burn books are never the good guys. Never. Yeah. You notice ever, that ever. there's a trend we could take a look at. I'm like, what? You know, you just go, Oh my God. Like what, how, why is this now so hard to anyway? Um, yeah. So it's easy to weigh in on one side of that. And obviously we're, we're biased, but, um, uh, two of the three of us are members of the writer's guild. So, um, you know, it's good to point that out to the one person who, yeah, I think it's lesser than. I was <laughs> like, where is he going with this? I was like, where is, and of course, that's where you chose to go. This just naturally sets itself up for that, right, boss? Oh, you were talking about me. I'm sorry. I That's great. When you said that, that we were done, uh, I just started checking out. I was already finished. I already yeah, said yeah, my You thing. and everyone else. Yeah, yeah, you said your thing, and then, right, started ta- re- researching so Newsboy Cats. Exactly. Got it. Lot right. of pictures. God help us all. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Um, we, we can't wait to uh, explore uh, part six with you next time. And then we have all these kind of so many cool things lined up. I can't wait for you to join us. It's, it's going to be 
now I, I got my kids back in school um, and we just survived our first bout with COVID in my house. So we never had COVID. We missed it until right now. Um, and then two, two of the two of the four of us in the house right now, two of my kids are in college. So they're blissfully not uh, not getting it here in the house. But we had to divide the house in half and, you know, whatever. So um, but now we have the kids back to school and then we're going to have more time to to record and get things done. And so a lot of fun things coming down the pike. Um, can't wait for you to join us uh, for that. Thank you for being the best listener community for any podcast. And thank you to all the Buttercups for supporting us. It really does mean the world. And it actually, you know, you doing that makes a literal difference. I cannot explain this enough. I know it seems like at some point I'm going to be, I want to be brutally transparent with our costs. So people go, Oh, does it help if I give three bucks? Yes, it really helps. It really, really helps. This is not cheap to pull off. And, um, all of those little, uh, the little, um, sort of, uh, subscriptions, they really add up. So thank you to everyone who's doing that. It really means the world to us. Uh, it helps us continue to do this podcast, which we love. And hopefully we're putting good, um, good vibes out into the world. Um, okay. That's it for today. Um, we will see you next time for part six. And until then, we are Richmond till we die. That was really good, actually. Even when you try not to be good, you guys are you guys are <laughs> sim- simpatico. I love it. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.